2: I
0: can take you through it Step by step Explain why your story stinks But I won't insult your intelligence There ain't no goddamn take There ain't no goddamn motion picture Why are you still
1: in character? I am a star I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star I really do keep waiting for something to grab you out of the darkness Stop saying that I don't like it Makes me Check over my shoulder. There are so many movies that this is the concept of What, like someone on Zoom getting killed? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would be very sad if that happened. I would come right there with one of my weapons and try to save you. Because I'm a hero. A samurai. That's so funny that you started saying that you were a samurai to someone else, not as a bit. Oh, it was as a bit. Don't but, get me yeah, wrong, but-, but but you know what I mean? Like. Without, like, the conscious thing of, like, I'm being Matt right now. Oh, I know what I was doing. Yeah, I don't think you knew what you were doing. I think you're living in denial. Which is more than just a river in Egypt. God damn it. I was trying to say Iraq, and it came out Egypt. I'm just too good at geography. Let me just tell you about my day real quick. So, last night, Last night, I love that we're pretending, like, we didn't just have to restart because my Wi-Fi conked out. I'm just happy it wasn't mine this time. Yeah, it is a nice change of pace. It, it was very confusing, honestly. Yeah, and that I am the one in the dark this time. Because yeah. I, just, I, I bought myself a cigar, and so I have to have it as soon as I possibly can, obviously. You so just want one cigar instead of 30, like I do? Well, no, I bought three, but my cigars cost more than yours. They don't cost 50 cents and a song, and like... <laughs> a series of scrawled hobo symbols about whether or not a dishonest man lives here. But... It's not like the cigars I bought were really expensive. I bought like three and some lighter fluid and all bold it was like 30 bucks. But still, I feel like that's like 100 cigars worth of money for you. Oh, yeah, no, no, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, including shipping and handling and taxes, the like... 25 cigars I bought were like $42. Yeah. So, like so you know. anyway, because I have to have this cigar, which means we have to record outside, which there's no place quiet to record outside because I live next to a highway, and That's the sad. only the only spot outdoors that the, my Wi-Fi reaches is right next to our air conditioning unit. Yeah. So... Uh, we'll see how this turns out, audio-wise, on the other end. But anyway. Like I said before, our listeners are pigs. I have opened yeah, the scene for them. You're just talking about Aaron and Alex.
3: Those are the two. Those are the yeah. two.
1: <laughs> anyway, so last night, I have not heard from Keegan in like a month and a half, you know? But last night, just out of the blue, he calls me. He was like, hey, it's my birthday tomorrow. Do you want to go shooting? And, of course, my answer is, like, yes. I would love to go shoot guns with you, Keegan. I'm glad to know that you're alive. Let's go, you know, maybe die doing a very stupid hobby. Yes. Um, Yeah.
3: That he should not participate
1: in, but yes. Probably neither of us. Like, we'll get to that. Like, it's just, it's wild that you can just, like, go to a a place, sign a release form, have no training whatsoever, and just be handed a firearm. It is insane. You should not be able to do that. It's honestly, it's one of the things that like, I forget about, Like you know, like other countries, I guess, like forget that, like, we don't have healthcare. Like, I just forget that that's just a thing about this country that is just like not universally true. Yeah. A lot of like the West, like you just can't go to a place and get a gun. No. I mean, like, it seems like you should at least have to pass like a driver's test for one. Yeah. yeah. No, you literally just need to show up and they'll be like, here's a gun. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty cool. What's it called? Yeah, just real quick, uh, Yeah, Keegan also hit me up yesterday, and that was to tell me that his fiance is selling uh, fish tacos. Yes, that was the other part of the conversation, was, do you want to go shooting tomorrow? And also, it, despite the fact that it is thunderstorming, my fiance is out next to a pool selling fish tacos. Yes. So, yes. go do yeah. that if you're interested. But yes. Yeah. Anyway, so I have, like, essentially no experience handling firearms, like, I was, in, I was briefly a Boy Scout, and there was one time we w- went, like, target shooting in, like, the month that I was a Boy Scout. But they, they like, hand you an already loaded rifle and just are, like, point it only downrange and then just, you know, go wild.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: like, you really, at least what I did, I did not learn anything about handling a firearm. I just was yeah. told, you know, only point it at the target and pull the trigger. And that was pretty much the, the exposure I got. Like, didn't know how to load it, didn't know how to, like, do whatever else you do with a firearm i don't even really know um and then once when i was seven like some redneck cousins of mine like literally just took us out in the backwoods and like handed me and my like literally five-year-old brother a pair of handguns and like shoot at those tide pods or tide canisters yes sir happy to oblige so that rocks you know all all my redneck cousins are just transphobic it's just it's not a good it's you know what i mean god you really won out in the redneck cousin. I mean, they probably are, too. They're all, like, super Christian and named, like, Josiah. But but at least they let you shoot. All I gotta do is listen to them talk about bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was pretty great. Not a fair trade. Anyway, we show up at this gun range, and it is, like, packed. Um, I've never been, again, I've never been to a gun range before. Don't know what the normal situation is, but there are, like, a lot of people there. Like, one of the, uh, there are two actual employees there, one of whom is like, you know, clearly like an ex-Marine or something and is like eight feet tall and built like a refrigerator and yeah. like lowers his mask to shout unmasked, hey, you people need to social distance. was um, <laughs> just a powerful move. Yeah, but, but that's, that's half the people at my work. But yes, continue. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not in the build, but yes. Yeah. And then we get up to the, the front to talk to the other one employee who's, like, you know, the other kind of Marine, which, you know, kind of just feels like a, a guy who was, like, a, a twink in high school and just, like, decided to enlist to, like, yeah. you know, kind of, like, prove something. Yeah, like Arlie um, Ermey type. Yeah, I guess. I mean, of yeah, like, again, like yeah. what? Because he's not, like, a, he wasn't, like, a super built guy. He was just, like, he look like, 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 like half the guys in full metal jacket. Like, they're all just, like, yeah, they all just look like twinks. Yeah, he looked like like I don't like like Matthew Modine. In, yes, exactly. In, in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. And we like got up to the front and asked him like, "Hey, um, you know, thank you, thank you so much for helping us. Like, clearly, you guys are overwhelmed. We don't want to be assholes, but does it usually take this long?" And the guy was like, "Not usually. It's just half the staff is out getting COVID tests right now," <laughs> <laughs> which just did not did not further investigate. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to know um like i'm already here i've i'm wearing a mask but i've touched things i've breathed in things like we're just we're gonna power through this is the incredibly stupid way i have chosen to die (laughs) and and of course keegan was the cause of it which is honestly if it's not gonna be me it's gonna be him yeah absolutely you've chosen to befriend Two people incredibly likely to result in your deaths for some yeah, reason. Just two incredibly powerful brains. Yes, exactly. But um, anyway, so they like they ask, like, you know, are you experienced, like, marksman or whatever? And Keegan just says yes for all of us. Despite the fact that Keegan has, like, no more... Like, Keegan is a gun owner, but has, like, no more experience than any of the rest of us. Like, has, like... I. I've heard one story of him going to a gun range yes. in which, like, the, like, range master, like, had to yell at him, cease firing, because he got bored and just started shooting other people's targets. Yes. But,
3: yes, yes. Yeah. I was going to
1: tell that same story. Yeah, so that's yeah. Keegan. For anyone yeah. that uh, doesn't know him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, but we, we hadn't, like, been to this particular range before, so they still made us watch a safety video, which there was, like, there's no test on or anything. Like, Keegan was on his phone. Through the whole thing, of course. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, the moment I stepped into the place, like, oh, I'm actually going to handle a firearm. I immediately just got really scared, just like something bad is going to happen. So I, I watched this thing with rapt attention, and it was like fighting the urge to like take notes on my phone in terms of like how do I use this and not die. Um, <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> Fucking Rob, come on, man. But.
1: Asking, can we pause the video real quick i just have a question yeah. you sure you don't want to test us like no i couldn't have asked a question there was no one to, to ask a question of they brought us to the back put us in an office hit play on a video and left like there was no proctor or anything there was no one to answer questions oh my god america is honestly very cool sometimes like very this awful but very cool sometimes this uh this couple came in like 30 seconds before the end of the video where the basically they walked in on a section where the like extremely awkward like middle-aged NRA guy was like and remember have fun like they saw that much and it was just and like they walked out with us and were also given guns you know this couple which I just
2: yeah burnout
1: yeah guy with a big dick going by uh, oh oh there's his friend yeah Anyway, this couple, or one of the dudes was, like, 40 and had, like, Jersey Shore energy. And then his girlfriend looked like she was, like, charitably 18. Um, again, saw, like, the last 30 seconds of the video. Maybe his I I don't know. I did not get those vibes from them. Okay they, okay, they They sat down for the last 30 seconds, walked out with us, and the like, just, like, child of a, of a woman was just handed a fucking m16 um (laughs) and there was a part of me like i was i was divided between i shouldn't be here i'm gonna die and i want to jump into the into the deep end please give me a squad automatic weapon (laughs) but (laughs) but ultimately they like ask us what guns we want and i was i was just like okay just i i i know who i am i know what i'm like i know what i what i am not please just give me like a a 22 handgun. I want a purse gun. And they, they literally, they hand me what I swear to God was a Luger. Um, like I looked it up. Apparently it was actually a Ruger. A Ruger. Yeah. But I feel like, like, again, I'm not a gun guy, but I feel like that was just Luger, like putting on like a Groucho Marx disguise mustache after the war and being like, no, we don't have anything to do with the Nazis. We're Ruger. Yeah. Not the Nazi guys. No, no, no. Totally different spelling. Yeah. And then yeah. Ash- Ashley Keegan's fiance, who's the only one of us with any idea what she was doing, like she's just like, okay, give me a thirty-eight. You know, I like thirty-eight. So I'm experienced. I know what I like. I like, I like of a, course. I like a nice thirty-eight revolver. Of course. Yeah. The most surprising part of this story is that <laughs> someone in Ashley's family is just very comfortable with weaponry. That is yes. Oh yeah weaponry. yeah. Yes. But then Keegan has to pick a larger model than his girlfriend or fiance. She's like, give me a forty-five. So he gets handed a fucking desert eagle. (laughs) And and just, like, so we we get, we get, we get shown out to the range. And, like, I spend, like, five minutes just kind of, like, fidgeting with my, with, again, my, like, Luger, like, just trying to figure out, like, how do I use this and not die? And, like, ten seconds after I get out there, I just start hearing, like, bang! (laughs) Like, somebody's shooting off. A fucking artillery piece. <laughs> it, is, it is Keegan firing this fucking like RPG of a Desert Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just, boom, boom. Just over. And over again. <laughs> like afterwards i asked him like why did why did you go for that And he's like oh i thought i was getting i thought i was getting a a, a machine gun like that girl had like isn't that what it's called an ar45 <laughs> anyway but, so i am like figuring out how to how to load a magazine and insert the magazine into the into the pistol and like it, initially like almost like i my hands were like trembling as i did this i was so scared like just that something terrible was going to happen and i like nearly nearly did immediately fuck it up really bad like i didn't realize like so what did you almost do so when i hit when you hit the like the thing that like cocks it like after you insert the magazine like i didn't realize like i I thought you had to like hit the like slide return button and then pull the slide out again like i didn't realize when you hit the slide oh my god it feeds a bullet in so i my, (laughs) my first move was to load in two bullets into the chamber (laughs) and like fortunately like I was like I'm gonna double check what just happened there because that doesn't feel right and then like immediately like almost had a heart attack being like oh my god oh my god there are two bullets in the chamber what do I do what do I do what do I do but like managed to sort it out without killing myself and then like actually start using it and let me tell you I don't know how but I am a fucking incredible shot yeah Yeah, Yeah. I I texted you my, like, uh, a picture of my Target. Yes. All center mass, baby. Yes. All center mass. I can can actually vouch for this. I was at work, and I just blessedly happened to be on break when Rob texted me this. And I just looked at my phone, and I just started fucking dying laughing. Because it was just, it was honestly, like, it looked like, I mean, it looked like marksman type shit. Like, Rob just fucking, (laughs) just fucking john wicking out and just fucking nailing it like it's ins- i didn't see one outside of like outside of like the center of mass like it was insane and like whooping and everything rob is j- just out of fucking nowhere just 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 trembling like almost fucking up the thing just no nope, uh, somehow something kicked in i rallied yeah Fucking now 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 here's what i've been wondering the entire time what did keegan's look like so, so, so they had different options of, um, like, what kind of target you could get, and like I picked, you know, one that was like, wasn't a person. Like it was clear, it was like a like an abstract geometric shape that was like clearly modeled on, like, supposed to kind of look like a person, but wasn't a person.
3: Why didn't you pick a person?
1: I don't know. It felt weird. It felt what? odd. You you and try- Le- Le- Keegan picked what AOC or something. They must have had that, right? No they had a cartoon Frankenstein (laughs) and Keegan picked that and Keegan, Keegan, again, using a fucking like handheld artillery piece, his, his, um, his grouping when we looked at it afterwards was almost perfect. He like drew like a perfect outline around Frankenstein. Like never once hit him except he hit him once exactly in his forehead. Like, Missed every single shot, except one that just put him exactly down right to the brain. (laughs) That is, that is the most perfect, the most perfect thing I could have heard. That is the most Keegan thing you could possibly do. Just, just somehow emptying an entire magazine, but the last one ends up just... Multiple magazines. Yes. A Mm -hmm. of ammo. Yes. Just, just... Throwing it downrange and then just would just be like, technically, I would have got him. <laughs> one, tech- one, one thing he told me afterwards was, so that, like he said that the shells kept coming out and like hitting him in the in the face. So there were times that he was shooting and had his eyes closed. <laughs> Just just the best. The most blessed of any of us. Like, like, like it's like he actually thought the Frankenstein was coming at him. Just, just, just like no like, oh I'm gonna pause real quick. Just, just, <laughs> <laughs> a desert eagle just blind-firing down range at a Frankenstein? Oh, my God. So, so at least the last two times we know of Keegan going to the range, the first time he's shooting other targets. Because he's bored. He's, he's just bored shooting other targets. With a 12-gauge. With the 12-gauge that I, be- at the time, had he told Ashley about this yet? Because the background I this- think I think at that point he had. Like, he initially bought a secret self-will gun yes. that he did not disclose to the person he was living with. And then told us. Yeah. And then told us, and then we were like, you need to tell her. And then he was like, wait, I thought I told you guys already. I thought we were cool. And it's like, bro. <laughs> and then And then the second time, just eyes closed, just shooting a fucking hand cannon. And a cartoon character. yeah like i i used his the desert eagle for like one clip and just let me tell you i mean that thing is like trying to like escape your hands yeah it is yeah. it is it's basically it's like it's trying to hold on to a grenade as it explodes it is yes. insane yeah like i couldn't hit frankenstein with it either yeah which is crazy because i Especially believe being an expert marksman apparently which is which is honestly like completely fits within your canon is that like you are just like, like 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 you are just out of no like like the fact that you like the fact that like I like feel safe with you with a gun and then I was like if I were with you with a gun and we were fighting some sort of horde or whatever I don't know let's say let's say Frankenstein's I'm just gonna be like Rob actually is going like we actually might be okay because I'm with Rob amazing amazing well, I am shitting my pants because I should not be holding this much power. Just shitting your pants and just hitting, just hitting every shot like Chris Kyle. You're just, just like Chris Kyle, begging the child to pick up the RPG, which is what <laughs> I think he actually did. But, what's it yeah, <laughs> Deacon's so cool. What's also cool is that the uh, the Desert Eagle was I I don't know if it was originally chambered, but it often is chambered in 50 Cal, uh, which is insane. That I that don't is, know that. I don't know that it was actually a Desert Eagle. It was no, but a big, like, big fucking handgun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least modeled after Desert Eagle. But that's just, the image of Keegan with it a is, deagle. It is, it is the thing that the Omar used in the wire to shoot through yes. the bulletproof glass. Yes, yeah. exactly. The image of Keegan with a deagle is one of the most blessed things I've ever heard in the world. Like, like, he could have had any other gun that wouldn't have been great. But, like, the only gun he could have had, like, you know, like they talk about, like, multiverse and, like, there are many different ways that yeah, in every single one he gets handed the Deagle. Yeah, this is not a Schrodinger Schrodinger's cat situation. In every possible universe, Deegan yes. takes the Desert Eagle because he needs a bigger number than his fiance. Exactly, that's it. No, he just because that's the thing. Because thing. Because there's part of me that's like, did he did he actually think it was AR forty five, or did he hear thirty two, and then he was like, and then he was just like, needs to be a bigger number. Absolutely has to be a bigger. It was. Number. I think it was both. <clears throat> it had to be. I was, I was hoping either that or he was given like a Colt Python, like a Dirty Harry gun. You uh, know what I mean? That also, like a three fifty seven, which apparently my grandma has one, although I think it's a snub nose, and she carries it around. She is 92. so Again, man, America it's, it's, it's beautiful. I think my grandpa just stopped carrying his gun. My grandpa, who has been legally blind for at least three years, <laughs> I really just got him to stop doing that uh which is great news for Florida uh a state that needs good news that uh yeah. George is no longer carrying his fucking hand cannon what's it called it really is crazy that you can just like i like honestly like you go like Canada you got to get like basically like your driver's license to have a gun right. that almost, seems right yeah it's almost like in like if you go to England they have things about like knife control like, that's a big deal. Versus, like, here, you can almost just carry any knife. Yeah. Like, I know there are laws, but, like, I've n- like it's only enforced if you get, like, arrested. Yeah. You know? Never heard of anyone getting, like, jammed up on having a knife. You know what well, I mean? I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, you and I aren't going to get jammed up. If you're black in New York yes. City and you have, like, a, like, box cutter for your UPS job, you're getting, like shot, like, by three different people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, immediately. Do you remember when the cops killed that UPS driver and then UPS apologized to the cops? And everyone just forgot that. Do you remember that? I do remember that now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. They just unloaded into this goddamn UPS truck that someone had stolen, and they're just like, we got the bad guys. So you just just killed a young father. God, cops are so cool. I got pulled over today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, what happened? We gotta, we gotta move on at some point. This has been oh, our no, longest no, intro ta- ever. All, basically, almost all of my taillights are out, apparently, <laughs> and I couldn't find my registration. And so he gave me a warning on the registration, just a repair order. And part of me thinks that's because I was bigger than this cop, which I should not allow to be bigger than cops. You have to be like, I'm not a tall man. And yeah, like, you're really short. I I'm, tower over you. So this is so upset. This is so unbelievably upsetting. Hello, are- and welcome to. You're gonna hate it. Oh, God. My name is Rob. My name is uh, the Washington Robs. Uh, new name. Think about it. Think about it. Don't have to change the R. My name is Matt. I'm the taller one of the group. All right. So we are a film podcast. Every week, each of us assigns the other one a movie. There used to be a little bit more to it, and we're still sometimes doing it. But this week, instead of trying to piss each other off, we're we're doing a we're doing a again. We discussed this last week. We're doing a little fun inversion thing where I'm. I am assigning a fun movie and Matt is assigning a difficult one, which is sort of a, the inversion of our usual format. Exactly. 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 Yes. We are inverting it. I am flexing my, uh, my knowledge of film. And let me tell you something. I had never, one of the most stressful, this is so stressful for me. This is so. you, You have to give a presentation. I get to just riff. Yeah. This, this, God, like, uh, and, and, and I was having this realization that, like, you enjoy this part, and honestly, <laughs> you, have you have a sickness of your soul. You have a sickness that you enjoy this. I hate this. I hate thinking. All right. So on that note, let's discuss Gentleman's Agreement from 1947, directed know. by Elia Kazan. Roll that, roll, tra- that roll that trailer. Roll that trailer. Roll that trailer. I said it last. Roll the trailer. I said it last. Roll the trailer. Roll the trailer. God damn it.
0: When Laura Z. Hobson's great story, Gentlemen's Agreement, first appeared serially in Cosmopolitan magazine, its 20 million readers were startled at its daring. As a book, Gentlemen's Agreement still leads all bestseller lists month after month. No story of the last decade has hit the literary world with such terrific impact. The author has deftly treated a taboo topic to give it excitement, exhilaration, and entertainment. And now, as a motion picture, gentlemen's agreement is accorded the highest honor a picture can be given. Here we see its producer, Daryl F. Zanuck, receiving the Academy Award for the Best Picture of the Year. To do the screenplay, Mr. Zanuck engaged Moss Hart, who wrote Lady in the Dark, The Man Who Came to Dinner, and other great stage hits. For director, he chose Elia Kazan, whose talents now win the Academy Award for the Best Direction of the Year. In selecting the cast, the roles were filled with unusual care. The part of Phil Green, the fighting author, was given to Gregory Peck. Well, face me now, Miss Wales. Come on, look at me. Same face, same eyes, same nose, same suit, same everything. Here, take my hand. Feel it. Same flesh as yours, isn't it? No different today than it was yesterday, Miss Wales.
1: Welcome. take us take us away Matt all right so Gentleman's agreement by Elia Kazan uh, what's it called uh, we'll explain why I did that later uh, this is a story uh, about uh, something near and dear to my heart anti-Semitism because uh, I don't know if you know this uh, dear listener but I'm Jewish I don't know if you've ever brought that up before on the podcast well, I don't- Matt I don't think I don't think Jews are actually experts in anti-Semitism I no. think based yes. on this movie I, I should be telling you about anti-Semitism. I, so I watched this movie originally, I believe for like an intro to Jewish civilization course, which was uh, something that me and my friend took in college, Uh, both of us were Jews. And, and, and my friend, it was my friend's idea. And he was like, bro, intro, first off, intro class, second off, Jewish civilization, we're both Jews, this will be fine. The hardest class I ever took. <laughs> the hardest class I ever took. First day, I'm sitting next to some woman fucking taking notes in Hebrew, and I just stare at my friend from across the room, and he's just mouthing, I'm so sorry. And I am mouthing, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> the hardest class I ever took. Anyway, so Gentleman's Agreement, 1947 uh, film directed by Elliot Kazan, starring Gregory Peck and, I don't know, some women, I forget. What's John Garfield yeah, who cares? What's about? I can't remember the God, woman's we're name. We're gonna come okay. back to John Garfield though, because that's very interesting. Actually, uh, him. Yeah. Real quick, uh, just a quick digression on him, but that'll come later. So, I'm, plot- I'm excited to hear that. I don't actually know what you're gonna say. That. What's it? Called? Well, it Well, it basically ties into the movie. So the plot okay. of this movie uh, revolves around uh, Gregory Peck. He is a widowed, uh, uh, um, uh, like journalist, like you know, like a writer. You know what I mean? Like someone that would have like a blue check on Twitter, basically, right? Yeah. Like, he seems. He seems like he's like a features writer. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, it's exactly, like long yeah, form feature, journalism. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not an opinion. He's like actually kind of a journalist. I'm like, you know, like opinion writers who like. I mean, literally, you or I could do that. Like today, well, like we it's could just, just go do that posting. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's the same thing with like uh, like advice columns. Like, to, like we could. Like anyone can do it. No, who are any of these people? Who cares? I have. I. I me too. What's no, no, it called? Every hold on. And there's every advice columnist seems like the last person in the world who should be giving absolutely. advice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The only like good things gleaned out of that is just insofar as like having someone that truly does not care about the situation, weigh in on the situation is sometimes like the right move. Like you know, an yeah. objective party. That is it. You could literally, you could literally ask me checking you out at the grocery store. What's it called? Uh, I, I'm a cashier. Not, I'm not oddling you. Although who knows? Could Maybe. be both. Could be both. Could be both. It's, pretty boring. Uh, what's it called? Need something to do. But anyway, uh, no, but, um, so anyway, so he's like a features writer. And so, uh, he's going to write for, this is like back in the day when there were just like, like a million different fucking like periodicals, right? Oh yeah. It is a great time to be a journalist. That is like the time to be a journalist. It's so funny trying to be a journalist now, like imagining that versus like back then, like you literally like just, there were like about a thousand newspapers that just had like real weight. And like, you, you just have no idea what their names are now because who cares, right? Yeah. They're, they're like, like every, like Baltimore stuff. probably had like multiple newspapers. Yes. Multiple yeah. newspapers, like different, like, like, like like union newspapers too. Like, uh-huh. like, like, like a time when like, like my union as a newspaper and like, I've only read it because they sent me a copy because I was in it. And like, yeah. you know, like I don't know anyone that regularly reads it, right? But like at the time when like, like your union your 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 archdiocese your whatever An the abundance hell abundance of periodicals weekly so monthly quarterly that like you would actually read that like you would act, like like the random shit like the city of rockville sends us a newspaper right and like back in the day like people would actually read that me now i throw it out immediately i flip through yeah, it like, and that's my, what most people do. all of my college friends are journalists like
3: yeah, yeah. because
1: of the, because of my friends were people i worked on the paper with and like it's, it's fucking tough. Like, they are good writers, and, like, they are all, like, a bunch of them have been furloughed over all of this, and they're all, like, yeah, we're making more on unemployment than we ever were at yeah. the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Working for, like, major publications. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. The few that still remain. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. But, um... Yeah, yeah no, no, but anyway, so, so, uh, he goes in, and they're, like, and the guy's, like, we're gonna write a story on anti-Semitism. We're gonna blow it wide open. Which is, yeah. like, like... Uh, like, okay, just, just for context, this movie, I guess, takes place in 1947. Yeah. We'll, 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 I, I have an interesting thing on that later. But anyway, right? So he's just kind of like, you know, Gregory Peck's like, what what are we going to say other than it's bad? Like, that's right. why we, we do this every once in a while. We just say, it's bad. Don't do it. And then everyone passes himself on the back. And so and he's, uh, they, they kind of talk him into it. He's like, okay, I guess I'll give a bunch of facts and figures. And like, no, we don't want facts. We want, like, we want the power of your words.
3: Yeah. Right? yeah don't yeah, just
1: yeah. recite facts at us. Yeah. Yeah. They given him the impossible task of changing something with journalism, which is yeah. like been done five times. I'm going to say. Right. Yeah. And it took like, like, like we're talking like Pentagon papers. Uh, we're talking like, you know what I mean? Right. I don't, like, I don't know if the Pentagon papers did much about the war. No, they did no I guess Watergate, like that's one. And then what else? I don't know. Um, destroyed Tom Green's career. Oh yeah, well, fuck that. Those nasty <laughs> critics. Yeah, I might hate journalists, but uh, <laughs> except for the ones that listen to this, maybe you're on thin ice, though. Uh, what's it called? I'm sorry about the status of your industry. I truly am. Uh, what's it called? But anyway, no. Um, but, uh, but, but no, but basically, they're, they're basically saying, to him, no, you're not going to just do facts and figures. You're going to do Watergate to anti-Semitism, basically. And so he's like, okay, fine. And he meets this girl who's like the niece of the guy, and they almost immediately get engaged, which is, listen, to someone who almost immediately got engaged, it, even shorter than mine, okay?
3: Well, okay, t-
1: the thing that you have to, to realize is they, they have like a, you know, a brief courtship, and they make out. And in a in like a a, a Hayes Code era Hollywood picture, making out is code for fucking. Like, making out is code for fucking, and that means that they have to be married. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah to justify how much they're making out. Yeah. 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 Which exactly. Honestly, amazing. It's very funny how they had to code this shit back in the day, especially because yeah. the literalist. I just see all of this is just like making out. Like I don't take right. to code coded. I'm just like, damn, they're just making out a lot. Weird. We're being weird about it, too. You know what I mean? Fucking high schoolers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, these people are 30? I don't know. I don't know how old anyone is in this time. Everyone looks about, like, 35, and then you find out they're 23. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, what's it about? So, uh, he talks to this woman, blah, blah, blah. It's her idea for the story. Uh, and then he comes up with this idea. Wait, I know what I'm going to do, right? He's like, how would my friend fucking – What's his friend? Dave. Dave Goldman, they literally might as well have just called him like like the John Smith of Jewish names. Yeah. Dave Goldman. They might have all, might as well have named him Dave Jew. Exactly, yes. 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 Or just Jew Jew the Jew. Like just something like that. Just like Jubi Israel. Jubi Israel, yes. Yes. Yeah. Judaism Israel Habanagila. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh like excuse me. Um anyway. Uh so yeah, so so. He's like, how would he feel about all this? Because we're basically the same because we grew up together. Oh wait, why don't I just be Jewish? Right? I yeah, I that's, that's the whole conceit. He's gonna go undercover as a Jewish guy for like six months. Yeah. He basically there's literally a scene where he looks at himself in the mirror and he basically goes, I can pass, which yeah. is incredible for me. And then he's like, Phil Green, what's it called? You never know. And immediately cool. I'm just like, That is not a Jewish name. That is not a Jewish name. Phil Green, I would immediately well, no, him. he put he puts a berg on the end. He starts calling himself Phil Greenberg. Every once in a while, yes, which which honestly actually made me remember something that I was told as a child about how our family did not change our name. And I always took it to mean that, like, at our point of entry, like, when we came in at Boston, like, or, or Baltimore, wherever we got off, or we got we went to Boston, then down to Baltimore. Like, we were just emphatic that that was our last name and that you're not. We're like, not. No! Yeah, exactly. Oh, I got to, well, I got to change that now. Well. You didn't say the whole thing. Who cares? Yeah. What's it called? It could be anything. But anyway, but yeah. no. But so, but no. What I, it made me realize. Oh wait, no. They're talking about how like we refuse to change our name uh, to w- when I have a very like. You look at it and you're like, that's a Jewish name. What's yeah. call it called? Like, like yeah, like like like. That is just, not a name that passes. That is a name that is wearing a yarmulke. That is a, that is a name that is not getting into the country club. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. <clears> it, yeah. Which apropos which, to this movie. But yeah, yeah. no, But yeah. So so it's just like yeah. Like and they even have a scene where where. Uh, he finds out his secretary is Jewish, uh, Miss Wales, and, that- and immediately starts to tell her about how she's anti-Semitic. Like he's yes. been pretending to be Jewish for like twelve hours, and is immediately just exactly. like, I can, yes. I can start goysplaining to this exactly. like person who's lived with Judaism their whole life about how they're yes. being, <clears throat> how they're being a bad Jewish person. Exactly. Yes. Literally not doing literally- enough for the cause. Yeah, literally, not only how they're being a bad Jewish person, how they have, like, basically internalized anti-Semitism, because she says, and I'm going to say it, and I fucking can, right, sometimes I act a little kikey, is what she says, and he goes, I don't like that, and, like, I have experience of that, because I tried to reclaim kike and make it, like, our N-word, basically, I mean, it is our N-word, I guess, but, like, I tried to make it as, like, I would say to my other Jewish friends, what's up, my kike, and they did not like it, so I guess that kind of makes sense, I guess some Jews don't like it, but whatever, I don't care. What's it called? I'm bringing it back. I but can't. It's it's like the white guys who get really mad about n words in rap songs. Yes, like exactly. You are yeah. representing your people poorly. Like, yes, you exactly. To decide that, bitch. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, and 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 that's the thing. He starts, and this woman is literally talking about how like I couldn't get a job until I changed my name. Yeah. Right? And like she's, she's talking, been through some shit. Yes, exactly. And she's literally talking about an actual concept in like Jewish culture, which is a Shanda for the Goyim. Which literally translates to like a basically like a sh- like a, like an embarrassment in front of the Goyim in front right. of the Gentiles, which is like an actual thing where we are like oh that person's such a shanda like that is like a thing we will say like basically saying like you are embarrassing us in front of the Gentiles stop right. doing that. because historically we gotta not we gotta watch how we fucking act you know right. what I mean at least at this point now who gives a shit right but like right. at this point this was a really real thing and he's just right. like. Oh. And it's it's unfair that that ex- expectation exists. Like, yes. you don't want it to be that way. But also, Gregory Peck, shut the fuck up. Your name is Gregory Peck. Literally, at any point, he could just go, I'm actually not Jewish. And then, yes, everything returns to normal. You know what I mean? And, like, what's it called? And, like, and like, and like that is just how this is. But, like, no, but so um, he fucking, what's it called? So he, uh, so, so so after yelling at this actually Jewish woman... <laughs> about how she has internalized anti-Semitism, which is incredible. I was just thinking how yeah. fucking canceled he would be nowadays, <laughs> which was fun for me, right? He then, like, goes off and has all these, like, Jewish experiences where he basically figures out that, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like, my fiancé is, like, is like low-key anti-Semitic, right? Like, not, like... Yeah, basically, this, is, this a, is a whole... Yeah, this is a whole movie where the, the main character's whole deal is just everywhere he goes just saying, and I'm Jewish, by the way. yeah. And like, they people are actually having reactions to it. Yeah. Which, which apparently, because I, 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 so I did some research for this. I, I talked to my grandfather about this movie um, because my grandfather has seen this movie. My grandfather was 10 years old when this movie came out. Uh-huh. Right. And like, like in like, and that's the thing. Like, so like a lot of this movie basically revolves around like, yeah, like, you know, every once in a while you get like an outright anti-Semite who will say something like, fuck you, Kite, or something like yeah. that. But like, you know, right. And, you know, and kids do it, you know, like, like, like uh, Gregory Peck's kid gets beat up at one point because, you know, because they're like, they call him like a dirty kike. They love ins- a it- kike in this movie, by the way. Yeah. And he, he insists that his kid goes along with the whole thing and like tell yeah. everyone he's Jewish, which yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm going to say is an iffy call. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's like, how did you think this? Like, why didn't you ask your friend, your actually Jewish friend, how is this going to happen? Cause, why, don't, cause why don't you have a Jewish person write this article? That's what I kept thinking over and over again. Like, I was like, is there, like, a different, like, you know what Matt, I mean? Matt, Matt, it's New York. Where are they going to find a Jewish writer? Like, bro, honestly, the entire time I was just like, "There, you must have Jews on staff. I know you must have Jews on staff. They're so, like, you're literally in New York fucking city. Like, wh- yeah. what is the point? And apparently this is based on, a, like, a fucking novel or some shit, which is, like, it, this makes no sense. I mean my, my theory is is that like this was made for a non Jewish audience. Because like, again, yeah, like Oh, they,
3: absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And and it shows because the director himself, like, how many Jews were actually like there are a few Jewish actors in this, like John Garfield, which is what I want to talk about. So so John Garfield, not his real name. What's it called? Garfield not his real name. I forget what his actual last name was, but he actually changed his name to John right. Garfield so that I guess so he could get work. You know yeah, what yeah, yeah, I mean, like, that was a real thing in Hollywood. Like, yeah. despite, like, you know, Hollywood, like, I, I, as we talked about last week, like, having, like, major Jewish players all over the industry at this time, like, behind the camera, in terms of, like, production and executives and directors, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of Jewish people in the industry all over the place, but not in front of the camera, because they're making, you know, movies for a primarily Gentile audience. Yes, exactly. Exactly, yeah. And none of these people, I mean, like, fucking, like, none of these people, uh, and and, and that's the thing, is that, like, so often, even when you have Jews in, they're almost never playing Jews, you know what I mean, right? You know, right? I mean, not only do they adopt non-Jewish names, they almost never play Jews, you know what I mean? I mean, fucking, what's his name? The guy that just died, the, like, hundred-year-old, what's his name? Fucking, um, Spartacus. Oh, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, Kirk Douglas, yeah, fucking jewish as shit and goes around kirk douglas and just yeah like did he ever i don't think he ever did he ever play a jew like no like i don't know Yeah, i don't know either but 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 anyway so point of this movie is basically the whole conceit revolves around yes there's real anti-semitism but most of the anti-semites they're not going to actually say anything and they're never going to say it to your face which actually is true i have like, like i mean i there it's this isn't a movie that's talking about like klansmen it is about like white liberal like liberal anti-semitism like people who would like talk a good game but also like you know kind of you know they're fine with belonging to an all-gentile country club and they you know they don't really want to say anything about it because they don't want to rock the boat it would only cause trouble exactly like i think like it is in a lot of ways an insightful movie yes like it, it it does get at something real about like you know, the problem not really being, like, people who run around saying the K-word, because, you know, there are only so many of those. Like, the problem is the people who don't do anything about the people who do that, who are, you know, who are fine with, like, belonging to these, who, like, you know, would say all the right things and are happy to have Jewish friends and, you know, belong to the right, you know, political parties and organizations and hold the right opinions, but don't actually take any action. You know, if someone tells an anti-Semitic joke, just kind of, you know, keep their mouth shut. You know exactly, yeah. Which is more widely applicable to even our present day about like, yeah about like any any outside group, any non-Christian white male group, like you know what yeah. I mean. It is just completely. That's the thing is that like this. I mean, like in talking to my grandfather, like all of this shit actually happened. Like, like, and it's insane watching it from a perspective of like. And one of the things that my, a theory I have about this movie and why, because Gregory Peck is like. Completely, just through and through, not anti-Semitic. You know what I mean? I mean, except for the fact right, that no, he- he's in like full like Atticus Finch mode, like yes. absolute moral paragon. Yes, exactly. Like just right? the most moral, ethical man right. in the world. Yeah, exactly. And part of my theory behind that is that, like, basically, the conceit of this movie is that, like, he grew up with two parents who were like devout non anti Semites, right? Right. Like, like like taught him from a young age, like Jews are just like anyone else. We're all, which right. is funny the way that they tell him, like, they're just like, we're all just Americans. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. But then they do also kind of go like, you know, just like a Russian or a French or anything. Right. It's just different. Yeah, right? Like yeah. that's, the difference is national, not internal. And it really goes behind this whole thing of like Judaism. Like, like Judaism is the religion, but like Jews are just people with a different religion, which like in a way is true, but also it was also, there, there was some, my like theory behind why, why you could, why I could kind of buy his moral paragonness is the fact that, like, from all looks of it, he clearly didn't grow up in like a restricted neighborhood and like had Jewish. Yeah. Like, his best friend from growing up is a Jewish kid, and like yeah. they must have played together and hung out at each other's houses yeah. which- and was encouraged to do so by his parents. Exactly. And also, he's just he's played by Gregory Peck, Gregory Peck who so is really good at doing this. Like, there's a reason that Who's the Atticus film ben. version of Atticus Finch is such a memorable character. Exactly. Like, Gregory Peck can sell this shit. Like, watching this movie that is, like, thoroughly ill-considered in so many ways, I was still kind of like, yeah, Gregory Peck gets it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, and so was I. Because his whole conceit is just, like, they're just fucking people. Because I kept yelling that at the screen, because I, and this movie, this is the second time I've seen it, and both times I got emotional watching it, because, like, I'm thinking about, like, my fucking grandfather and my great-grandfather going through this shit. Like, what am I great-grandfather's first memories of America was him and his father walking home from synagogue and a car sped by and called them Yids. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, great-great-grandfather Isaac, right, who fucking lost his wife three days after coming to America and had fucking 12 children. You know what I mean? Like, this poor fuck, he fucking chased the car. Like, you know what I mean? My great-grandfather grew up in, like, in a neighborhood initially, at least, before they moved, but initially, where he was the Jew in the neighborhood, right? Right. They lived right across from a Catholic school. And fucking every day, these goddamn kids would come down and call him a Christ killer. Like every single... And he would get into fights with them. He didn't back down from that shit. He fucking fought them. And that's the thing. Like, it's, it's this thing. Because it was like every day, every day, just wanting to just be a fucking little kid. Like, we're talking eight, nine years old. My grandfather is out there having to fight Catholic kids. I'm going yeah. to fight your grandfather. Uh, no, no. Honestly, probably. I mean, you might not be wrong. He didn't <laughs> grow up in the same area, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what I mean, though. Like, and like, and and and. But but. And that's the thing. I think this movie is very powerful for that reason. But then hold on. This is something because okay, okay. We'll just finish real quick. Uh, plot revolves. It comes out. It's a big hit. Uh, he makes up with his anti-Semitic girlfriend because uh, she realizes what? that she actually is anti-Semitic. She lets the Jewish guy live in his house in this in this neighborhood where again he is just going to be hate crimes continuously. Yeah, I, I think it's it's worth just actually explaining that for a second. So the main spine of the movie like becomes like through him writing this story, he's engaged to this woman who is, you know, one of these like liberals yeah. is, you know, she again, she isn't like personally anti Semitic. She just doesn't want to rock the boat. Like she comes yeah. from this like very like you know well to do Patrician like New England family from Connecticut. Well, you know, they, like, belong to, like, all-Gentile country clubs and come from an all-Gentile, like, Tony neighborhood, like, and she's just kind of okay with that. She doesn't want to make trouble. Like, she doesn't believe in anti-Semitism herself. Yeah. But, but, like, doesn't want to, like, make a deal out of it. She doesn't want to have trouble. She wants to just go around, go along with this gentleman's agreement, which is where the title comes from, that we're, no matter, whatever we disagree on among the, like, upper-class, patrician shit-set, we're just going to like, even if we disagree, we're just going to stay quiet about it. We're just going to not rock the boat. And the sort of the spine of it is her like, eventually coming to terms with the fact that like, yeah, that's actually not acceptable. Like, I I need to say shit. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. I mean, like, my, my family, like, when they wanted to go to the beach, like at this time, they went to Atlantic City. And I always wondered why Atlantic City, right? Because even from Baltimore, like there are beaches way closer, you know, there's there's but and and i talked to my grandfather today and he was like ocean city was restricted and so was rehoboth it was restricted right we couldn't fucking go there right? right there were some right you know maybe there were some places in anne arundel county where you know they didn't want us there but they wouldn't kick us out and that was where we could go but atlantic city was the most accepting right and so that's right. part of the reason that and because my family loves horse tracks uh historically <laughs> they love, they yeah. love family uh, they really do but yeah but so real quick, you, you you didn't ask me my opinion on this movie, but I'm going to give it to you. So, yeah. I would say that this is, you know, a, a well acted, well put together, like I, I put a pin in well put together. So I, I have some thoughts on that, but it, it is at least a well acted and well written, like seriously minded, like fairly nuanced, but like completely wrong headed. Like I, I know that you couldn't like yes. it would be hard. Hard. It would be hard in the this the studio system of this era to like get away with a a movie that like totally focused on a a Jewish character. Like that would be hard to do. Yeah. Are but this this compromise, like I, it. Looking back, it doesn't hold up well. Like it just this should be a movie about a Jewish person. Like it should be a Jewish story. The yeah. story of anti-Semitism should be centered around a Jewish man. And this this really feels like. I mean, it feels like a driving Miss Daisy type thing like this feels like oscar bait like you know it's, like where the it's it's a movie about racism but is entirely about the white person's journey yeah it's, you know? it's like if yeah. driving miss daisy if uh instead of um oh my god uh who is it in if, that? if daisy wore blackface no uh, well i was gonna say if uh, uh, uh who's a black guy in it what's who is it uh, I, I have never seen it um I, yeah, i'm not entirely sure god what's his name the danny glover no, not Danny. Glover. Danny Glover isn't God. No, the guy Morgan Freeman. It's oh, is it Freeman, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. But it says like, if Morgan Freeman's character in Driving Miss Daisy was played by uh, Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder, <laughs> that is that is what this is. Yeah, and that's the thing is that like is that like I yeah I think you're right. because like it is a weird kind of thing like 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 because it is you're right it is just Atticus Finch basically telling basically his whole shtick is. Telling the Jews how you should how you how right and 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 also the Gentiles but also the Jews uh, how you should what you should do about anti-Semitism because like I had a boss say something anti-Semitic to me like uh, a few months ago right and you know what I did not a goddamn thing I just went right. that was weird and just kept li- because I was like literally I was like I do not want to make this into a thing because right. I I just I just go you there- need them to keep paying you. I do, I do, and I don't want to make a whole. What I'm going to drag this guy out and say, "Oh, how dare you have said that?" What is, what is he going to do? He's going to say he's sorry, and he might be sorry. He might not be sorry. What is that going to do? And that is like the reality of it. Is that like you just have these choices? Where you're like, do I want to make a deal of this? And you know, some of us love yeah. making a deal out of it, and some of us are just like, I just, I just want to go to work, man. Like yeah. you know, and and that is more akin to the actual experience of it. But but I just wanted to draw something right because because I think that you're totally right in your assessment. Like yes, like this is. I mean, this is a fine movie, but, like, it, 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 it is. There are just some, and I guess this is historical 2020 kind of hindsight. Like, <laughs> there's just some glaring fucking things. Like, yeah, like, what, why isn't it just a Jewish guy? Like, that's such yeah. a, like, you literally said it in New York City. Like, I could understand if you said it in Omaha, Nebraska, even though Omaha has a weirdly, does actually have a Jewish community, but not the point. Like, like yeah. you were setting this in the most Jewish city, in America, basically, <laughs> yeah, and just being like, where are we going to find a the right? This? Where, where are we going to find for a for a for a for a petty bourgeois job? Where are we going to find a Jew to do that? You know yeah. what I mean? I mean? Incredible. But there are two things here that I noticed, and I don't know why I didn't notice it the first time, but I noticed it this time because they were like fucking screaming at me. First off, this movie, this is a movie set in 1947 about anti-Semitism. And does not once, does not once mention the Holocaust. The thing that literally just happened. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like that might be the kind of thing where it's just, it's so obvious you almost don't need to mention it just because, like, it's just, it's so recent. It's so huge. Like, it's just, it, it just, I mean, yeah, duh. Like, but I also, I, I don't know. I don't know, like it's. I don't know enough about the history of the coverage of the Holocaust to know exactly. Like, I don't know if Gentiles were hearing about that or thing. Like, I know that they knew that it was a fact, but I don't know, like, it just like I, because you know, like during the war, like people knew there were, you know, they they knew more or less. Like it was it was available information that something like the Holocaust was happening. Like you know, in to be or not to be, they're talking about concentration camps. Yeah. But like at the same time, it received weirdly little coverage. Like people, like. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember reading some article about like the New York Times coverage of the Holocaust and like there were items about it during the war. They were just always kind of buried in like the you know, like page twenty. Yeah. You know, just it wasn't what people are focused on. The war was the thing, you know, how yeah. our boys were doing. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know how quickly that changed after the war. So like I, I Yeah. I, I think it, it was it might be that was that it was so obvious it didn't need mentioning, or it might be that it just wasn't what quite what people were thinking about. Well, what really brought it into the public mind was like, first off, like it was incredibly well-documented. Uh, you know, Eisenhower famously was like, take pictures of all this shit. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, right? Like, like, like we got to get this on. This- and then also just a bunch of GIs, like non-Jews, like returning from the war, just being yeah. like, "Whoa, they were, you don't want to even, you won't even believe what they were doing. Yeah. Like, like, that was the thing. Like, it was just like, so many people just saw it. And then also you had... A bunch of Jews who had survived the Holocaust now in America, right? And also, right. my second point in Israel, which is only brought up once in the context of this, and in the context of this in 1947. If you're unaware, um, this is like a year before Israel declares its independence and the 48 war, the 48 Arab-Israeli war kicks off, right? But this is in a huge buildup where, like, almost half of the world's Jewry, right, the the, the little that still remained. We're in this one place gearing up to fight a war and had multiple militias within that place. I think this is, I don't know if this came out pre or post King David bombing, but yeah, like- I'm gonna say, I'm not sure, but like, this is a thing. It was a big yes. thing that was happening. Yes, yes, this is a big thing that was happening in the Jewish community. It was controversial within the Jewish community, even of itself. Uh, right. You have, a, you, have a, you have a huge left-wing element in the Jewish community that, you know, I mean, you don't have the Red Scare yet, right? You have to kind of- the, Right meaning of it, of the second Red scare, but you still have like a ton of Jews involved in like leftist politics, right, who are kind of, you know, right, I mean, like, that's the thing, like, Zionism in and of itself was an incredibly controversial thing. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of the anti-Zionists, a lot of that um, anti-Zionist energy and the Bundists and everything uh, were in uh, Eastern Europe, and a ton of them just got gassed killed by the nazis so that kind of in one fell swoop uh puts a huge blow into jewish anti-zionism but but that was like an actual current that actually existed and it was not such an open and shut case as it seems today where it seems like oh you're jewish you like people assume i'm a fucking zionist all the time and i was like up until relatively recently because it is the party line and at the time I i would just to to try and defend the film a little bit I guess like I, I, I think that it is so focused on like American anti-Semitism yeah. specifically yeah. like it, it's it, it, it almost feels a little irrelevant to what yeah because like the, even the way that they do talk about it it feels a little shoehorned in they're like oh. they're talking to this they're talking to this like guy who's clearly an Albert Einstein stand in a party and they're literally just like hey while we're on the subject of anti-Semitism what do you think about Israel and he yeah. kind of gives he gives he doesn't even really give an answer no he doesn't yeah, just because yeah. It, it's so like outside of what the film is thinking about.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, no, this
1: isn't supposed to be. I don't think it's supposed to be about uh, like the international Jewish experience. It's really focused specifically on America, specifically yeah. on uh, on American Jewish experience of Jews existing in a pluralistic society in which they are right like, not exactly not, not 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 white yet honestly, and that's right. and and that's the thing that I think is the is to me, in retrospect, and of course I have my sympathies, uh, you know, on the left, so I have a feeling about this, but that like, the way that this really ended, um, that, that, that that now we have this situation where like, yeah, like where my grandfather currently lives was a restricted neighborhood. Uh, right. Where my parents currently live uh, was a restricted neighborhood. Uh, I don't know if where I live or not was a restricted neighborhood, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? Like, you know. I mean, right. I, I mean I'm, like I'm, you were saying, like, it, Jewish people at this point were not coded as white. Like, if you yes. accept ra- race as a social construct, which it is, yes. like, Jewish people were excluded from whiteness, and they aren't anymore. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that was that was what changed this. It wasn't, like, 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 the whole shtick of the thing is, like, wouldn't it be great if we all just, like, basically, like, why can't we all just get along? And, that, yeah, that's great. And, like, what literally happened was instead they're just like, okay, no, okay, so we're not all going to get along, but Jews get to be white now. And then But I don't think I, I genuinely don't think that's what that move this movie was like advocating for. Cause because it mentions like anti Semitism in the context of like wider American racism. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh I they was, I would they throw around some other words too. Yeah, they also mention the N word like as like a, a slur on the equivalency of the K word. Like um, But there there are no black people in this movie though. Which no. I guess it's it's not a movie about that. But. Right. it it connects it to it at the same time yeah it does and interestingly the thing that this was originally based off of i had read somewhere was actually supposed to be homosexuality um which i mean that would never have gotten made in 1947 but it's also i i i actually i wasn't i i could be wrong about this but there was a another movie that came out also in 1947 uh, about anti-Semitism called yeah. Crossfire. And I, that's it, that Crossfire, that's what I'm thinking of. So I, I actually, I, I guess I'm doing our early, or our later segment early, but I, I also watched Crossfire this week just to sort of like a compare and contrast. And I believe Crossfire, so I, I believe that Crossfire was initially supposed to be about homosexuality, but then they decided that was a little too spicy yeah. and so went for anti-Semitism instead. Yeah. Um, but it's worth mentioning... Crossfire for two reasons, and we'll, I'll start with the first and then build into the second. But Crossfire feels more like a real movie yeah. than this one because this this really feels like a message movie, and yeah. like the the message is the important thing, and it's all sort of built around giving Gregory Peck these opportunities to like lecture people. Yes, and I mean it's it's good at that, but this it really feels like this is a movie where some like some people sort of sat you down. To like give you a stern talking to about anti-Semitism. Yeah. And like building like characters and plot and all that was kind of secondary. Yes. And yes. Cro- Crossfire really feels like more of a movie, just in that it like, you know, it's it's a noir. It's like a detective movie about a murder, and the murder ends up being motivated by anti-Semitism, but like it's it's more woven into the plot. Like yeah. it it is a movie that is like is is you know, the action is propelled by characters. You know, there's a real plot to it. And anti-Semitism is just the, the, you know, the thematic thread holding all that together. Yeah. Like, it feels like a movie first with this message that is, you know, again, just woven into it. Which Um, I think is more effective, honestly, than like... Yeah. I I, I just kept thinking about how many, like, fucking, like, New Republic readers or whatever the hell their equivalent or whatever the hell it was at the time got to just like watch this movie and feel good about themselves you know right and like maybe at the next dinner party when someone said Kite was like that's not funny and then got to feel good about that for five years you know what i mean yeah it, but I, I don't think that's valueless like i don't yeah. like the, there were moments that, like it is if you're just going to give someone a message this is a fairly well like good like this is you know this is this is a it, this is a well-constructed pill you know yeah if, yeah um like I, there were moments in, not to say kite. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and like you have to call and, Juice Kites. Yes. Like again, if you have to give someone, if you if you need someone to give you a lecture on morality, again, give it to Gregory Peck. Oh, like there, yeah. there were legitimately moments in this movie where I was like questioning my own behavior. You know. Yeah. It, does, yeah. it does legitimately make you think? Um, but again, it is, it is a fairly it is fairly flat dramatically, which. Uh, which yeah. is going to build into my second point, which is weird because Elia Kazan is like, he is for everything else about him. And we'll get into that in a second was legitimately like a great director, arguably like the most important director of the fifties. You know, yeah. he was really important in like bringing method acting into film, you know, which if yeah. if you don't know is basically, you know, there, the whole like theory of acting and in, in the West going back to like Shakespearean times was you know, it was it was theatrical. You know, it was about projecting emotion. You know, making it clear to people this is what what I'm feeling, what the character what the character means. You know, it was very like almost didactic. Like we want to communicate emotion. Don't to know you. what we that want- means. <laughs> you know, it it, it, it just it, <laughs> you're trying you're trying you're acting. You're doing a skill, and the skill is communicating to someone else what you're feeling through right. how you're acting at the time, rather than right. actually trying to feel that and project an actual emotion. Right. It's, it's very constructed, you know, yeah. it's mannered. It's, it, I'm not saying it's bad. You know, you look at someone like Lauren, like Lawrence Olivier, who was exactly. you know, a classically trained actor, incredible, you know, can communicate yeah. a lot of complicated emotions all at the same time, but it is, you know, mannered. It isn't quite real. Yeah. Method acting was, you know, a, a much more psychological approach to acting where it, it's almost as much about like repression and like, you know, mannerisms that aren't quite like, you know, don't have a clear purpose, but sort of reveal some deeper meaning. Like there's this this really famous scene in one of Elliot Kazan's later movies, On the Waterfront. Um, Oh, that was him? Yes, and we'll get get to that in a second, because there's a lot we need to talk about with Kazan. But there's this, this famous scene with Marlon Brando, who, you know, was a really important actor in terms of bringing method acting to the screen, where he's talking to Ava Marie Saint, who plays the love interest, and she's got this little glove, you know, that she's wearing. And she sort of takes it off and sets it to the side. And Marlon Brando just kind of picks up this dainty little white lady's glove and just sort of plays with it and looks at it instead of looking at her. And it's just like, this is like a very real moment where this guy who's like, you know, he's this tough longshoreman, but, but, and like, you know, a very, like a man's man, but like is kind of scared to talk to a girl. Like yeah. doesn't know how to communicate his emotions. Yeah. So like, Rather, you know, so the way he communicates that is by doing this, like, you know, he he doesn't project that. He does this thing where he deflects it. He he fo- he focuses on an, another object. You know, he plays with this little glove because he can't bear to look her in the eye while he's talking to her about his feelings.
3: Yeah, you know, he, yeah.
1: which is it's which a is very real. Human. it's real. That's what a human would do. Yes, you know, exactly. And Kazan is really important in bringing that acting style to the stage. And he also, he makes really kinetic movies. You know, he's he's a great director. You know, his camera moves a lot. He was hugely influential on Scorsese. You know, when he gets his honorary Oscar at the end of his life, which again, we'll get to it in a second. It's Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro who presented to him because he was so influential on them. Mm -hmm. You know, when you watch like Chris Scorsese's like, incredibly mobile camera with all these long takes and he's like oh my god the long shot in goodfellas alone should have got an oscar i mean you know the one yeah yeah yeah. everyone everyone knows one the copacabana entrance but he got that kind of thing from kazan yeah and so it's weird it feels weird almost this is kazan's like one of his most successful movies because he won best director and best picture for this movie and it does not feel like a kazan movie it's a very stagey movie there's not a lot there's not a lot of like interesting camera work the acting is you know again very theatrical it's not really there's no method stuff in this like it uh and and he he like Kazan even openly was like yeah I I only I kind of like finished this halfway through and then handed it off to the producer like this is much more of like a Daryl Zanuck movie than it is an Elliot Kazan movie Mm -hmm. It was you know Daryl Zanuck was like a big super producer at the time he was hugely influential but like in his own right, but like very different kind of movie, like pla- very much like a classic Hollywood guy, where Kazan was much more like experimental and you know, um, uh, you know, it- adventurous um, aesthetically. But <clears throat> but it's worth mentioning that um, especially in regards to Crossfire, because these two again these these are two really interesting parallel films, not only in that they are. You know, both two movies from the same year that were both about anti-Semitism um, and were both up for Best Picture. And it's it's wild that Crossfire was up for Best Picture for a number of reasons. Like, it was the first B-movie to ever get nominated for Best Picture. You know, it is like a down-and-dirty noir that was made on, the, on like, the dirt cheap. Um, but it was also written by members of the Hollywood Ten, uh, which, if you oh, don't yeah. know, if you don't know, um, so the... So we got to get into the blacklist now because both of these movies are are both movies that are tied deeply into the blacklist. So just to give some quick background, you know, early Cold War, right after the end of World War II, you know, the Red Scare starts. People get really paranoid about communism. You know, Joe McCarthy and all that. Although everyone pawns it off on McCarthy. There were a bunch of guys in Congress. There were so many. On QAC? That is, come on. McCarthy McCarthy picked up the ball that other people had already already ran ran into the red zone and just ran it over the goal line. Yeah, like, yeah,
3: yeah. it was just this, a,
1: this it was a tried and true method. They did it once yeah. before after World War One. Like, yeah, it, it was, other people had already started doing it, before, like right after World War Two. Like, yeah. the blacklisting of the Hollywood Ten was not spearheaded by Joe McCarthy, but oh, anyway. Yeah. So, so the Hollywood Ten were a group of screenwriters. So what they would do is the. Congress under the House American Un-American Activities Committee, which is a sort of like umbrella like anti-communist group, that was focused in large part on pop culture and Hollywood specifically because they were worried about like communist infiltration of the movies. You know, they thought they would use it for propaganda purposes. Um, so, they what they would do is they would call people in and demand that they like both answer whether or not they were members of the Communist Party or ever had been, and then demand they name other members as well. You know, name names. You know, with the understanding that. Uh, if you don't name other people, you are going to be disbarred. You're going to be removed from the industry permanently. You're going to be blacklisted. You know, you will not work in Hollywood again. And so the Hollywood 10, they were screenwriters who, who were mostly left-leaning people. They had either been members of the Communist Party at, at one point. Some of them still were like, but none of them were like, there was this fear that they were like inserting communism into their films, but they weren't really like the actual, like the real thing that they were doing that made people so upset was that left-wing screenwriters would write, like, anti-racist movies or, like, yeah, anti-misogyny yeah. movies. Like, yeah. those were the, like, the left-wing values that they were, like, sneaking into movies. Yeah, and that, that that was what they were were afraid of. That was the really offensive thing um, yeah. that, like, you know, uh, leftists were doing. It wasn't, like, it wasn't insurrectionary. It was maybe we should stop lynching black people and women should be able, like, equal citizens, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And then that also happens in the labor movement, which is literally, which is literally, just just on the other hand, just to chime in real quick, uh, the exact same thing happens in the labor movement, because uh, the labor movement, some of the most uh, dedicated uh, labor activists you have at this time are like all communists, you know what I mean, basically, yeah. right? Or, or, and, like, and, like, and like, yeah, like I mean, the exact same thing. Happened. And literally, they're a real thing. They weren't like trying to, I mean, maybe they wanted some sort but really what they were doing, they were just very committed to the cause of unionism And that's the thing, right? There wasn't, there was no, they weren't uh, capitulatory to capital uh, or capitulatory enough. And so, yeah, so they all needed to be phased out. Yeah, it it, it was a wide ranging thing, but most famously happened within Hollywood. Yeah, but I think think it is important to differentiate between the labor movement and Hollywood though, just because, just because again, like what small potatoes they were concerned about in, or not small potatoes, like anti-racism and anti-misogyny are big potatoes. But yeah, it, they weren't they did not pose a threat to capital. Yeah. Yeah you know, they Just posed did. Yeah. yeah. They posed a threat to to race they they posed a threat to the bottom line. Yes you know. But exactly. not again, not in not in like we need to overthrow the state. Just we want, you know, we're gonna make some movies that are about, you know, again, how like lynching is bad. And yeah, but yeah, that yeah. was that was beyond the pale. And, that, and that was, the other yeah. the other thing that a few of them were, you know, suspect because of was that during the war they had been asked by like studio management and the government to make pro Russia propaganda movies mm-hmm. so that people mm-hmm. would get behind our, our war ally. Yeah. You know, again, directed to by capital and the government make pro Russia movies. And then as soon as the war was over, it was like, that's suspect. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they so got hung out to drive because, like, and that was the other thing too, that also doomed a lot of because people were just open communists during the war because the communists were the good guys because the communists were the guys dedicating tens of millions of people to the cause of, of to the United Front against fascism, right? right. Which was the allied struggle. Like, they, like, it was, you could go out and just say, I am a communist, and unless someone was, like, a fascist or, like, you know, like, a member of, like, the American Legion or whatever the hell, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they were a, a literal part of a reaction movement, they'd just be like, oh, okay, right? You know what I mean? It'd be like, who the fuck cares, right? You know what I mean? It'd be mm-hmm. probably the same thing of being like, oh, I voted for Bernie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, most people just don't give a shit. And, and yeah, I, I want to make clear, that's that's not what all of the people who were blacklisted were doing. Oh, no, Oh no. Like no, they, no. they weren't no. all communists, they weren't all open communists, and they weren't no. all, like, again, none of them no. were insurrectionary. No. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that, yeah, yeah, no, that's very important to point out is that, yes, they, and, they were not, like, insurrectionaries at all. I was just it, saying. I, I think it's also worth mentioning that a lot of the people who were blacklisted weren't even particularly left wing, you know. Maybe had been at one point, but like had given it up, or were, or even weren't at all. Were just un- for a lot of people, the whole thing was that they weren't willing to name names, you know. Yeah. They weren't willing to throw other people under the bus, yeah, you know, yeah. because what that what that meant was being expelled from your profession, you know. Yes. It meant not being able to work, not being able to fill, feed your family, you know. It it meant losing your vocation, losing your livelihood. It was not a small thing, you know? And there were people who went to jail to not have to do that to other people. Yeah,
3: um, and which is uh, incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's Elia Kazan, who... Two, two, two. who, who. Yeah, who I want so, to say real quick, not Jewish. Not Jewish, <laughs> actually Greek. It was Greek. Yeah, he had changed, he had also changed his name from, like, Elia Kazanopoulos or something like that's that. Yeah. To, but that's the thing, though. He didn't even do it to, like, escape... Like, he could have changed it to anything and he just, and he picked a name that, he just picked a Jewish-sounding name, which yeah. is insane to me. It's like, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to pick a Gentile-sounding name. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been anything. You picked yeah. Kazan. Yeah, you know, so, honestly, Kazan, Kazan had been a member of the Communist Party back in the 30s. He'd gotten his start uh, in the group theater, which was this sort of, like, early 30s, like, you know, sort of theater collective that, again, was big on importing method acting into the U S because method acting was a, was a Russian creation. You know, Russia, Russia had like this very avant-garde experimental theater scene um, that, that pioneered method acting. And so the group theater and, and groups like that sort of imported it into the U S and, you know, we you know, very closely tied up with the communist movement. And so Kazan was a member for a little while, but, you know, sort of basically decided that he didn't like having to go, go to all these interminable fucking like party meetings every single night. Which honestly, which, honestly even, yeah. It is a position I sympathize with. Yeah. And yeah. so it been a member of left wing groups, like yeah. it's a lot of meetings. Yeah, and so basically the the other members of the party in the group theater were like, You're either in or you're out. He's like, Well, I guess I'm out then. Um, which again, like fair. You know, that's, that's fair. I, fair. everything up like everything up until the moment he names names, I'm fine with Elliot Kazan.
3: Yeah. his career.
1: You know, you don't, you don't want to be a member of the good theater. Go with God, man. You don't be a oh, member God. of the party. Fine. I don't want to go to meetings either. Fuck it. They suck. Yeah. 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 We, we both actually stopped going to meetings of a certain group basically because you're we just like, this is hard. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, uh, so he, he actually gets called to testify twice the first time in a closed congressional session where he does actually refuse to name names. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not a communist anymore. But that's a shitty thing to do to people. I'm not doing that. Um, but they're like, okay, we're gonna call you back at another time in public session. Though, like, you're still under subpoena. And so during that, the interim between his two testimonies, uh, his movie *Streetcar Named Desire* is up for a bunch of Oscars, and you know, doesn't win any. And he sort of, he sort of feels like he's you know been put on the outs in Hollywood. You know, he's having trouble getting. Pro- projects made and so what happens is basically his shrink talks him into naming names like it seems like it would be bad for your career not to you know he's like well i guess you're right and so he go- he goes into you know a public congressional testimony and names names you know people lose their livelihood because of him you know um which is and then he goes on to have again probably the most important directorial career of the 50s after that you know yep. Um, and, you know, killed themselves afterwards. A thing that happened to a lot of people that got blacklisted, they killed themselves. Yes. People went to jail. People committed suicide. You know, it was, it was real. And he just goes on, has, has a sterling career. Um, you know, it's so funny now when like left-wingers now are just like, Oh, you know what they're going to do to us. And it's like, bro, shut up. No, they're not. No one's doing anything to you. Shut up. You're not a Ferguson activist. You know what I mean? Get out of here. Right? Yeah. But on Twitter, and then what's truly nuts is then at the end of his career in the 90s, they give him an honorary Oscar, which is usually something that is kind of like a essentially used for people who didn't get Oscars during their career. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of like a participation trophy. Like, oh, we fucked up. You should have gotten an Oscar. Exactly. Like Hitch, Hitchcock got one because Hitchcock, you know, made these low, dirty down sex pictures. Ah. And only only like decades later, people like, oh, fuck, that was Alfred Hitchcock. We really fucked up. Here's an honorary Oscar yeah but I mean, Scorsese, Scorsese would have gotten one if he hadn't won for uh what did he win for The Departed The Departed yeah yeah it's insane that he won for The Departed I mean it's a good movie but come it's on. not Taxi Driver yeah come I love on. The Departed but like yeah 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 like um, come the fuck on that's so upset yeah. that's what he won yeah. for yeah but but they they just and like so Kazan had already won Best Picture for and I think Best Director possibly for Gentleman's Agreement wins it again for On the Waterfront. So he was, like, an awarded director. Like, they had, like, given him his due. But, like, in the 90s, we're just like, nah, we kind of want to honor him again, despite, you know, him having naming names. Like, like, On the Waterfront is a movie about how great it is to name names, explicitly. Like, it is his defense of that. You know, it's tough, because it it is legitimately a great movie, but that is the subject of it, you know? Um, But they still... unions and shit yeah so it's it's about um marlon brando plays uh an enforcer for uh essentially a like the mafia that is like sort of in bed with uh and, and sort of controlling the Longshoremen's union mm-hmm. but basically it's about him deciding to you know inform on these mafia dudes it's like it's kind of like it's it's simultaneously like pro-labor in terms of like you know we need a strong union but they shouldn't be involved with the mob yeah. but like pro, so like pro-labor but also anti-communist and pronaming names it's it's yeah. a weird it's, it's a, a weird very specific thread but that was the current that they were trying to go for yeah you would yeah. be a union but not a communist union which is insane because the longshoremen are one of the most communist unions that have ever existed but <laughs> you know, if you know anything about labor history like the longshoremen are just filthy with communists but i mean well yeah. all of them are but yeah continue yeah, yeah sorry but yeah, so they, they decided to just double down and be like, no, you need another Oscar. Give him a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. And it was like, it, you know, it was a fairly controversial move. Yeah, Like, there were like a number of people who like refused to stand and applaud during the, there were protests outside the, uh, I think it was the, it was the 99 Oscars. There were protests outside of it. Um, like, there's this just great gif of Ed Harris just sitting looking so pissed off, refusing to stand while he's getting his honorary Oscars. Like, no, fuck this guy.
3: Yeah, um, it's so good. But,
1: but he also, he did get a lot of applause from like other people. Like um, there was this really funny image of like Steven Spielberg, just like totally just like going down the middle, like not, he's applauding, but not standing. Like I want to try to appease both camps. Yeah, um, which is the just, worst move to do. You yeah. don't. You, you just whatever you pick one and you do that with all of yeah. your heart. Yeah. But yeah. So fuck Elliot Kazan. Made some uh-huh. great movies. Yeah. Just you know, you can't deny it. But fuck him. I mean, I mean, and this is the thing we've talked about before. Like, 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 you can like stuff by bad people. Like that's yeah. fine. Like, you don't have to. Not everything is a goddamn moral judgment. Look, Elliot Kazan. If I ever met him, right? And honestly, if I ever meet Zoe Kazan, I'm going to fucking say, fuck you and your goddamn grandfather. And she'll be like, it's not my fault. I'll be like, who cares? Fuck you. I, I, I can't say it to him, so I'm saying it to you. Fuck you. Right. More money, fuck you. I can say that to you. Fuck you. What's it called? And I will, because she's a bad actress. But what's it called? I, I, is she a bad I think she's a bad actress. I've never been impressed by her. I know I have seen her in things, but I can't remember what. She's like one of those women that everyone tried to gaslight everyone into thinking he was hot. And it's like. And she's all right, but she's like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like Paris I don't Hilton? Know, she's, she's got yeah. Paris Hilton is not my type, but Zoe Gazan has a hipster thing that I'm into. Well, yeah, well, no, that's and that's why you're into it because yeah, yeah, and I mean, and that's and I, I, just, mean. I respect your grandfather so much. That's that's right, yeah, because he's such a you know what? Honestly, you know what that shows. You just whatever you're gonna do, whenever your therapist tells you to do something, ask one friend before you do it. Like <laughs> that is no. Awesome. He actually he actually did that. Um, he went to Clifford Odets, who is also a member of the Group Theater and like a famous. You wouldn't know him, but he's like a fa- famous left wing playwright and screenwriter. Was the inspiration for the character Barton Fink in Barton Fink, which is a movie you might get assigned at some point. I've never um, great, Cohen Brothers, John DeTuro. fantastic. Um, John Stewart. John Tuturo. Um, yeah. Yeah. But
3: uh, Wait, yeah, the, the Phantom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Phantom himself. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So he went to Clifford Odets and was like, Hey, I really want to name names. Am I allowed to name names? And Clifford Odets, despite I think at this point still being leftist, was like, Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't so, know. I don't know what was going on with Clifford Odets. I feel like Clifford Odets is actually the one who comes out worst here. Yeah, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, like, there's something about just being like, I'm not a communist anymore. Where it's like, I understand because like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like the move at yeah. that time was to be like, Do you know any communists? You just go no. You know what I mean, right? Like, I don't like, think they were letting people get away with that. The, well, I know because I know that that's what. Um, who, who was Mel Brooks' friend who just died? Carl Reiner. Yeah, that's how he got away with it Because they came to him and he was just like I'm sure I do know communists But they don't tell me they're communists Because yeah. of you people, so I can't name names And they were just like They were like very pissed, the FBI was like very pissed off But they are just like, alright, well, shit <laughs> What can you do? Now who gets
2: paper and who gets
0: purse? Get on my last ever. Think about it in the call, and I start to swerve. Who gets paper and who gets purr? Who gets slapped and who gets served? This type of shit get on my last ever. Think about it in the call, and I start to swerve. I got a communist plot to get the federal
1: rally. side So many cats are running flocking for the wake, two packs. You got a flicking two boxes. What's it called? Which is it's funny because I actually was a member of the communist party. <laughs> yeah, that's so dumb. They do, it is so – for anyone that thinks that that is, like, cool, which is no one, but if you're it, – it's literally, like yeah, – that's a that's a big group of people, people who, are, who think the coolest thing is joining the CPUSA, <laughs> which is an organization populated by three nerds and 20 cops. It's so funny that I have actually been a member of the two organizations that were the biggest focus of both Red Scares, and honestly, I can say it is hilarious to to think that they a still exist and b people still join them, um, because it is it is very funny. It's like joining the CPUSA or the IWW, which are the two organizations you're referring to, is basically that, the leftist thank for, equivalent. Thank you for naming names, Rob. I yeah. Appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. But that's it's the like leftist equivalent of being a civil war reenactor. Yes, I was about to say yeah. yes. Yes, yeah. It is, yes, it is the exact. Yeah. It is the exact same thing. Yes, it yeah. is literally. We are all just dressing up and, and calling ourselves union members. Although I actually am a union. Me- there's part of me that like, even when I was in it, like, like there are a few of us that were actual union members too, but there's also always a part of me that was like, yeah, but I'm not like actually a union. Member. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not cosplaying as a, as a, as a coal miner in 1920s, yeah. but I'm not cosplaying as yeah. bloody Harlan. Yeah. No, one of the funniest things I ever saw was at my uh, actual union rally, uh, where we were announcing that we were uh, going to take a strike vote, like a big thing, you know what yeah. I mean? We almost all went on strike. Um, I saw two people from the IWW, and I saw one of them posing for pictures while the other one took pictures with all the yeah. actual workers. Actually. Yeah, yeah. That's... The chuckle I had, Rob, was yeah. incredible. Hold on, something about your audio is fucked up. Oh, I'm holding it, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. The cool thing to do is to just join the g s a which just means that you have Twitter exactly, yeah, yeah that's yeah. But at least that's like respectable because I feel like a lot of people are in d c now I mean, it's too far away from you you're too far away from me you need to be in my bed uh what's it called soon enough, anyway, not going into that uh no 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 yeah no <laughs> honestly that, no it is it is so funny that it's just like I mean like, I don't know, it's interesting because what was also interesting though is that like. I don't know, I guess there's so much to hate about us that this movie also didn't go into the big thing that was like, we're all communists, which is what, yeah. you and I literally had an experience yeah. with someone being anti-Semitic at me on the internet because yeah. he was like, because he was basically yeah. just, what, yes. I think in 1947, if you're trying to make an anti-Semitism anti movie, you your line to. is not going to be, so many of them are communists, though. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's a good thing, yeah. Especially if yeah. you're Elliot Kazan, yeah. Yeah. That is, But yeah, yeah that is, yeah. But you know, you know what i mean like that was the big thing of saying like we were all communists that's why like yeah. they they um my family was lucky enough to get in before they started uh quotas on because ju- they did have quotas on how many jews could come yeah. in. And that was literally because they were like they're all communists yeah we anyway, <laughs> we have gotten really far afield and we got to move on but i think just in some in summation uh watch crossfire which is a good movie made by people with good politics and not Gentlemen's Agreement, which is an okay movie made by people with bad politics. Yeah, if, if you if you want to watch Gentlemen's Agreement, like wait until it's on some streaming service that you that you like, yeah, like, subscribe to, and then like give it a watch. I mean, it's two hours, but like it's fine, it's fine. That that honestly is our most common thing we say about movies. It's fine. Is it? I don't know. I think it is. It's either we either we either go. It's fine. Uh, Death to, or I threaten whoever made the movie, or we just talk about how great the movie is. Speaking of which. Yeah, so we got to get into my movie now, which is Gremlins Gremlins, 2. Gremlins 2, roll the trailer. Roll the trailer. Roll that trailer. Roll the trailer. Roll it now. Rob, future Rob, who's editing this, roll it now.
2: Remember the last time? We told you not to feed them after midnight. We told you to keep them away from the light. And the most important warning of all, we told you to never, ever get them wet. You didn't listen.
3: They're mutating. Yes. Sir, is the building
2: on fire? No, no, that's a false alarm.
1: Are you trying to panic, New York City? Absolutely not. So the monsters are real? I didn't say that.
2: Gremlins 2. The new batch. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, but in no sense civilized.
1: Future Matt, who's actually editing this, roll it now. Stop stealing credit from me. I do everything. Okay. Well, we have just, we've, that was maybe our longest discussion of a single film ever. It went way too deep and way too far afield. So it's well, nice to just, it's nice to take your shoes off and relax with gremlins too. This is- fantastic. I love where you live. Very excited. But no. It's great living next to a highway. But. Well, I grew up right, literally also right next to a major road. And honestly, yeah. it doesn't even phase me. Yeah. yeah. But. Okay. So I feel like. I mean, I'm doing your thing now. So I feel like I need to do your thing.
3: Do my you know,
1: thing. I love this. All right. So, Gremlins 2, directed by Joseph Dante, uh, an Italian man, a man from the boot. I'm just, I'm assuming here. I'm making assumptions, but it sounds like an Italian name, so I'm going to say he's an Italian, which I don't think you can say anymore. Uh, I'm not, there are some other words I can think of that I'm not going to say. You know, you can definitely do worse. Uh, I would say them. Yeah, no, but I'm not because, you know, I'm still, this is still Rob talking. I'm just doing an impression. But yeah, so it's the sequel to the movie Gremlins, which is about gremlins. Uh, There are some rules about them. They're like, there's fuzzy. The main one is Gizmo. He's like a little teddy bear guy. But, you know, there are rules about it. You got to be careful with Gizmo. He seems cool. He's nice. He dresses up as Rambo at one point, which I liked. You know, bad politics, Rambo, but still pretty cool um but uh yeah so you can't get them wet um there's another one that i can't think of and you can't feed them after midnight that's important which never really made sense to me like it's always after midnight um like does it mean like you have like not av- like is it between midnight and sunrise or is it just after mi- because it's always after midnight like there's always a previous midnight it doesn't make any sense joe dante what are you doing but uh, they actually kind of talk about this in this movie a little bit because it's a movie that is also like a parody of itself, which is great. You know, it's it's doing its thing, but it's, it's, it's doing the thing from the first movie, but more so and making fun of itself at the same time. It's great. It's just Looney Tunes. It's Looney Tunes, but with gremlins. So, again, you got, you got your gizmo, who's your good gremlin, who's your White Lodge oh. gremlin. But, but. He's actually a Mogwai. That's what that means. White Lodge Gremlin. Mogwai. Mogwai. That's the thing. Like the band. The Scottish post-rock band. They're pretty good. I know Matt wouldn't listen to Mogwai because his tastes are terrible. Bad taste. Terrible taste, man. But me, Rob, who is still Rob despite doing this, uh, has great taste and listen to Mogwai. Mogwai. Listen to them. They're Scottish. You know, they probably stab people because that's what they love to do in Glasgow. They love to stab people. They're always just stabbing motherfuckers in Glasgow which would make sense if there are mogwais all over the place because these motherfuckers are mean. Well, oh. no, that's the gremlins. Mogwais are okay. But when they turn into gremlins, it's bad news because they're leathery and they got, uh, like, snakeskin and they're always getting into scamps. They're yeah. scamping, you know? Um, like, it's like some murdery scamping. Like, they, they really try and kill some, like, some people in this movie. Um, okay, anyway. okay, okay, I okay. Gotta, I gotta cut you off. In, uh, gotta cut you, sorry, I don't know why I'm sounding so masculine. I gotta cut you off at some point. I think, I think I think you're doing a little bit better there at the beginning, man. <laughs> no, no, no! This is the voice. I gotta cut you off at some point. Anyway, gremlins do. If you look at the recordings of how they did the camera angles, there's a lot of Dutch angle. That's the thing. I don't pay attention well enough to do this. Uh, yeah, so. I feel like I can do you, but you doing me is gonna be a lot harder. It's gonna be well. No, what'll happen is I'll start trying to do it, and I'll do it poorly, and then I'll get a nosebleed. <laughs> uh, it's, it's legitimately taxing trying to be someone not myself um, <laughs> I'm not good at it you on the other hand are too good at being me that I have, I after that I was just like I mean he has to be like watching me right like he has to just be studying me or maybe you're just better at stuff the muse speaks through me Matt the muse it's, it's honestly uncanny and the only thing i was thinking the entire time was thank god you're you because if i had to do this with me i would shoot me if i had (laughs) if i had had me fucking hitler and me in a room with two bullets i would shoot myself i would shoot myself and hitler and then there'd still be one me left for the world and that's enough (laughs) it's fairly tortured but you got there Uh, yeah, yeah i think it's good That's Uh, what I forgot, is me fucking something up and then saying, nah, I think it was good. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. I am right, all the time, and I'm taller. Yeah, so, God, I don't even, I feel like that took everything out of me. me. That's what what it's like being me. You just say things and then they're gone. What did we even talk about? I don't feel like we established anything about the movie. That was probably, like, that was probably the most accurate thing I did, like, Speak for, speak for a long time but provide no information provide nothing absolutely yeah. nothing. just your precious yeah. seconds left on this earth just yeah. floating away into nothing and it means nothing but whatever you're cool and tall unlike Rob who is short and um, Irish I don't know yeah so what do you actually I need to know about this movie right. so you to science anyway what did I I like the movie <laughs> I said, what do we actually need, what do people actually need to know about this movie? So, uh, so okay. it's, a, okay, so it's, 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 this. it's, God, I, I don't even, I legitimately feel like I have, like, woken from a dream. Um, I don't even know what to say. Um, now you know what so, it's like. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's the second Gremlins movie. If you've seen the first, you kind of know the basic setup. So they're these these creatures, gremlins. They're they're creatures of pure anarchy, creatures of pure id. They're again, they're essentially Looney Tunes, there to wreak havoc upon an unsuspecting population, while also doing like a lot of like, okay, stop looking in your fridge. I don't, I don't, I can't just vamp. I can't just vamp. I hate it, but With anyway. Me, so I'm always looking in my fridge. So. The gremlins are creatures of pure id. They're also there to like provide opportunities for like pop culture parody. Like I, I don't even know how to describe this movie because it is again, it is a parody of itself. You know, it's so what happened was the first Gremlins was a huge, like huge hit at the time. You know, yeah. became like I remember: like never sure yeah. it made a ton of money too, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. It it was a huge hit, meaning it made a ton of money.
3: Well, it you know?
1: it just, uh thematically. <laughs> um but yeah, no, it made a lot of money you know the it was this like sort of surprise like anarchic like horror comedy um that like you know sort of you know was like a, was like not so gory that it like you know wasn't like you know kids could watch it despite the fact that it it was actually sort of responsible for the creation of the p g thirteen rating it was because there was a scene where a lady microwaves a gremlin and it 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 explodes quite graphically um so it is a fairly graphic, fairly nasty movie, but again, still was like enough of, had enough of like a Looney Tunes spirit that like kids could watch it and enjoy it. Um, I saw, I, you're talking the first Gremlins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw, yeah my, I saw the first Gremlins like as a child. Yeah, yeah. And that's fairly common, you know. Is It is a nastier kids movie, but it is a kids movie. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, again, was a huge, huge success. Um, and, you know, like the, the actual like figure of the grem- like Gremlins themselves kind of became a cultural icon. You know, both the, like, the softer, fuzzier, cuter teddy-berry, teddy, Berry, teddy Bear-y, uh mogwai, and then also the, like, the nasty, lizardy, like, devil-y gremlins So, you know, feel like kind of, like, you know, Bart Simpson-y in, in, like, you know, scaly, evil, impy form. You know, they've got the similar, like, impish energy, you know, they're very, like, pop-cultural obsessed, you know, it's, it, it feels like a, a movie for, like, the Sugar Rush, like, You know, again, just like MTV pop culture, culture obsessed, like '80s, like it just it really captured that like adolescent zeitgeist, like nasty, and again, just like I'm going to use the word pop culture or the phrase pop culture obsessed a lot, you know, because that's what this movie is. You know, it is a. um, But anyway, so it's a huge success, and they want they want to do a sequel. But basically, what Joe Dante says is, you know. I want to be able to do whatever I want, you know. And he's, you know, made a movie that was successful enough that he gets kind of a blank check, you know, and is able to to do kind of whatever he wants. And you know, it is it was a a movie that was produced by Spielberg it gets it gets credited to Spielberg a lot, which I don't feel like is entirely fair because but, Joe Dante he's on. like yeah, I I mean Spielberg does like, you know, he has he, he does produce movies that he's, you know, left his stamp on. Like Poltergeist was directed by Toby Hooper, who was like a, a an acclaimed director of his own right. And he made the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is you know one of the best horror movies ever made. But Poltergeist feel, feels very Spielbergy. There are like stories him essentially like directing it from the producer's chair. Like Back to the Future has sort of a similar vibe, and you know a lot of like Gremlins like has you know kind of a spielbergy vibe especially the original you know it's got that like small town nostalgia thing there are parts of it that are very sweet and saccharine you know and like spielberg is a pop culture obsessive and it has that spielbergy feel but but joe dante again is is a like an accomplished b-movie director in his own right you know has has made like you know movies like this that are like nastier but like are, are you know not big movies not you know Oscar bait, but art, you know, he's good at what he does, which is this kind of movie, you know? And so I, I don't want his, you know, I, 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 I won't stand for Joe Dante Erasure. You know, I, I stand Joe Dante. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, 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 like, I mean, Small Soldiers was like my favorite movie as a kid. Yeah, that is actually one of his I haven't seen, but like, The Burbs is great. I love The Burbs. It's a great, like, early Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, That was actually one that I was thinking about assigning you. But, but Gremlins 2 is just, okay, yeah, I I look forward to it. Um, He did direct a Looney Tunes movie, Looney Tunes back in action, but that was like, apparently just such a studio hatchet job that he like, completely disowns that movie and just hated the experience. Like, apparently like, really wanted to make a Looney Tunes movie because, you know, he really loves them, which you can really feel in this movie because there is such an anarchic, cartoony spirit to it. But like, was so dispirited by the like, you know, working with these producers who had no affection for the characters and just saw them as like you know IP that you could mine. Yeah, that um, he just hated the the process of it. Um, yeah, which which I can only imagine as someone who deeply loves Looney Tunes. Like I, I mean, I mean, like that is one of the worst aspects of this industry that uh, yeah. that I've been in for fifty years. Um, is is just a thing of like how much money is tied up in it, and it is such a weird thing because like without the money, like, how the hell are you going to make all these things? But then at the same time, it's like these the people things- start getting involved and they want to protect their investments, which, but but don't really know how to do that. You know, they're, they're only thinking in, in, in terms of how to do that is to make it as safe and as focus grouped as possible, which is yeah. completely antithetical to the, like, anarchic spirit of that, of exactly. of the Looney Tunes.
3: Yeah. Exactly. The, yeah. Um, yeah. But,
1: Space Jam but, does a better job of it. <laughs> i don't know that 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 really feels like a a focus group movie too um I fuck I, you i i know you're trying to piss me off but what? loved that movie as a kid watched it so many times but no yeah me too no. that is the nadir of bill murray's career he looks like he wants to kill himself and every every second he's in that movie I, I i i didn't have a word for phoning in when i saw it but yeah man, like absolutely yeah oh, but man. uh but, you know, it, it kind of feels like he did get to make a Looney Tunes movie in in the Gremlins movies, you know? Yeah. Um, and so so what... So again, what happens is Gremlins is such a success that he, he is able to, like, make a movie without... Um, you know, without guardrails. He can do whatever he wants. And he does whatever he wants in this movie. Like, this is a movie where the Gremlins... It's set in New York in this, like, high-tech, like, Skyscraper, you know, office building where like everything is automated, like everything is talking to you, like, th- and you know, it's it's this very managed environment, you know, um, built by this this kind of like Ted Turner esque billionaire who kind of it honestly feels a little bit like a, a. What are you doing? I can see you're scrolling through something in your in your glasses. No, no, nothing. You can't prove it. I'm listening. See, I'm, I don't like. I don't like lecturing. I want. I, I was listening. I was not looking at these jam shoes, and you can't. <laughs> prove who it was. But yeah, but yeah. This this. I mean, it, this movie feels like it, it has like too many ideas. You know, if there are there are too many things going on in this movie, you've got it's, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Please tell me what you think about this movie. It's okay, it's well, a movie where so the the plot setup is the gremlins get loose in a high tech office building.
3: That's it. That's, that's, that's all it. you
1: really need to know. But there are also but there are ten million things happening at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The gremlins get loose in a high tech office building that is basically coded as being run by Trump. Uh, but he doesn't. I mean, it, it feels like what people might have thought of it, of Trump in the eighties. It does not no. feel like modern day Trump because no. I know. He also runs a cable network and is like there's a lot of Ted Turner in him too. Yeah. And that feels like a better point of comparison because he's he's like clearly, he's coded as like a dumb kid. Like he's like which is he's, Ted he's, Turner. Yeah, he's he's like a abun- like he has this like boundless energy, like abundant optimism. Like Trump feels like childish but in the like nasty like Twilight Zone kid who never gets like with yeah. you know that episode of the Twilight Zone where there's a the kid who like has like omnipotent powers, but like never gets told no because he will just like kill his parents yeah, if they say no yeah, to him. Yeah. Like that's what My Trump is. Very special like, good right. boy. Exactly. Yeah. Like yes, you're very smart, Mr. President. You're very good at your job. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Please yeah, don't uh, nuke North Korea. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. This, this character is is just so excited to do everything is like. Yeah. But like, doesn't really seem to know what his job is. Like, there are a lot of scenes of him just, like, sitting in his office. Like, he might as well be playing with one of those, like, paddle balls. Like, I yeah. don't really know what my job is. I'm in charge, but I don't, I just, I have a lot of ideas, but no idea how to execute them. But I'm yeah. always very positive and happy to be involved. Exactly, yes. And I just have an ungodly amount of money. And you know yeah. what? He's an enthusiastic like, airhead. Exactly, yeah. Which is honestly, I gotta say, the best type of airhead to be. What's it yeah. Going? You know what I mean, right? I mean, like, what's it called? But um, but no, what did I think in this movie, I mean, like, this movie spoke to me um, yeah. very deeply because you know this movie was like? This movie was like when you tell me to talk. You know what I mean? When you let <laughs> me live. Like, that's what it is. Because, like, Joe Dante is someone that, like, I'm looking at all the movies that he's done, right? And and, and from one person, like, like, I feel a very kindred, like like a kindred spirit in Joe Dante. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, and in and, and being this type of person that I am is... Uh, what's it called uh, 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 I know it seems easy and carefree but it is difficult at times because so like let me let me say uh, i i I think he makes movies for people like you but i I actually li- listen to a podcast that he does where he just oh, he I just know. talks to people about movies that they love and he he he's, he the person there's not a lot of personality overlap there. Is he he's just a movie nerd like, yes. oh, he's so just he- someone who kind of I mean to a certain extent but he's just he's someone who like he's talked about like yeah sometimes he'll just watch like seven movies in a row you know um yeah. but like a really like uh like omnivorous taste like has just as much enthusiasm for like cheesy 50 mo- 50s monster movies as he does for, for like you know um any higherbrow stuff yeah you know, like for um for like what well, yeah yeah he watches a lot of movies yeah yeah he watches movies where ants uh, fight the US military and, yeah, uh, and 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 uh, uh, I don't know uh, the movies that you assigned me that are in foreign yeah. uh, languages. He's a very that, that kind of seems to be the perfect type of guy to be, though. All the best directors are always are just like, yeah, stupid shit rocks, but so does uh, not stupid shit. And honestly, <laughs> you go, I guess, just to yeah. Kinda, you know right you don't that's the uh anyway no uh what's it called? yeah this movie so i was very excited for this movie because i've heard a lot about it and it is i think one of the most fascinating movies i've ever seen because yeah. and, and it is because i knew the conceit of the movie which was joe dante had them over a barrel and was like let me do whatever i want I'll make yeah. you one. and they were like whatever you want and that amount of power is everyone needs someone to tell them no you know what i mean and, and th- this movie is fascinating to view from that kind of angle where like this is something where he just get the he just got to kept like keep going like yeah. the number of in jokes in this movie where they basically deconstruct yeah. the first movie and point out how ridiculous it is which is a it is a ridiculous movie in a lot of ways yeah. like, like, the thing about like the gremlin's like I mean, it literally is it where they're just like they're just like wait, but what happens if you're on like a plane with a gremlin? Like, what is that like? What I mean, like stuff like. Well, I just I think the best way to like actually approach this movie is to just like list some of the things that happen. Yeah. Like we'll never be able to list every single gag and absurd scene because don't think this this is one of the most like sugar rush movies ever made. There are just so many gags crammed in, but like okay, so um one of the gremlins who's given the power of speech and is voiced by Tony Randall and is the like brainy gremlin gives a long discourse about how, what the gremlins actually want is civilization. Um, while on a talk show, uh, get, uh, being interviewed by a man dressed as Dracula who runs a, uh, B, like late night B movies or like, you know, monster movie TV show on like basic cable. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the gremlins becomes electricity and then gets trapped in the phone, and then is later used at the end to electrocute all of the other gremlins. Um, Christopher Lee plays a mad scientist um, yes. who's developing all sorts of like weird, like um, I can't even like what is uh, like like a, a rat that can be used to power like like rats that can be used to power a telephone. Yeah, um, but also has like an arsenal of weapons. Yes, yeah, like like he like, he has two assistants who are twins, who at one point um, you know, do everything synchronized because they're twins. At one point, they play like fifties duop rock and roll and sort of like dance in synchronized like little head bobbings, which is very disconcerting. Some horror movie stuff. Twins. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say twins creepy. Not not about it. At least one, one of you needs to, like, grow a beard or something so you don't just look like the same person twice. So that honestly is the move. Like, absolutely, yes. You don't, like, 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 yes. Like, you absolutely cannot, you cannot look the same. And you certainly can't. Have you ever seen two twins actually, like, dress the same? Like, where they actually, like, just wear the exact same outfit? Uh-huh. It's it, creepy, yeah. Shouldn't I be allowed to do that? Honestly, Demonic, how dare you? Um, Leonard Maltin, who famously gave the first movie a negative review, comes on to give the uh, the first movie a negative review on, on camera and is then wow. attacked by gremlins while he's saying what a terrible movie it is. And yeah. says, I'll say whatever you want me to say, please just let me live. Uh, yeah. At one point, the... The, move, the gremlins get it, so obviously this is being projected in a theater in its initial run. They, yes. they set it up so that the gremlins get, it makes it look like the gremlins have gotten into the production booth and stopped the movie. And then it cuts into the theater where people are watching and the the usher goes and finds Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. who's pre-cancellation, um, yeah. who's, who's sitting in the theater watching Gremlins 2 and he goes and yells at the gremlins and say, hey, people came here to watch a movie. Can you please start the movie again? Yeah um yeah it's, it's 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 i remember when that happened, I was watching it with Jackie and both of us just like I I knew that that scene was coming but I had forgotten about it. Yeah. It just fucking broke both of us. Yeah. Uh also uh the main guy whose name who cares? What's it called? Uh um uh he he his his uh uh I'm gonna say very attractive red headed boss is just like uh, Me Tooing him all over the place. Yeah completely me doing him just acting like uh 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 what's it called yeah just 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 really get on many lists uh yeah, yeah. Shitly, just desperately trying to get on the shitty, shitty media list, women list. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and just me doing the shit of him, right and 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 basically uh 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 I, I guess you would call that sexually assaults him at a at a at a um yeah that'd be sexual assault wouldn't it I mean, yes. she basically makes it clear that his promotion is contingent on her, on him fucking her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. Does meat yeah. Basically, me, toos him at a Canadian restaurant where the, where the, yeah. Where the They're all dressed like Dudley Do Right and speak in pronounced yes. Canadian accents. All exactly. the waiters. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She, and, and she later gets trapped in a spider web laid by a spider grumlin and is rescued by Gizmo, who again is dressed as Rambo and okay. is using like, uh. Like bows and arrows made out of like pencils, but with like like I think it's like white erase that he's like lit on fire to make like yes. flaming pencil arrows, yes, um, yes, I mean it's honestly like and these are just some of the bits that we remember, like there are yeah there are i mean there is i mean there's like a what's it called there's like a a a like a female gremlin like uh, uh I guess supposed to be I don't know, I guess celine Dion. Right? Yeah. Like, very very sexualized but in a way that is just so creepy because again it is a like scaly little lizard imp. Yes. I mean yeah. There's 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 a guy that it is coded has sex with a gremlin. Yeah. Like, the, like a human man. Yeah, yes. A human man, yes. I mean the amount of like, but it like it's like cartoon sex where you know he's had sex because there's lipstick smeared all over him. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And it's, like uh um, what was I going to say? Oh, it, it like ends with a big like song and dance number set to Sinatra with all the, with all the gremlins singing, what is it, New York, New York, I think. Um, it's just, I think the best point of comparison, which it, it, I think it, I th- it would be about the same time this came out, is like peak uh, golden era Simpsons where it's just, like, absolutely, like, gag a minute and just, like, chock full of, like, pop culture references and, like, just, like, but, like, simultaneously, like, so, like, the humor is simultaneously, like, so stupid, but also, like, Harvard Lampoon-level stuff where there's just absolute, like, melding of, like, highbrow and lowbrow, which, again, is just the best thing to be. Like, completely unpretentious, but can also, like, drop, like, a... Like an amazingly obscure reference on you. Yeah. Like, no, like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that is the best thing to be. Yeah. Because like, you know, you don't want to be Frasier all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A show that, yeah. And I was, yes, I was one of the people that watched Frasier, started watching Frasier and then immediately loved it because I got it. Uh, yes. That was incredible. But no. I no, have I, never seen Frazier. You've never seen Frasier? You're going to get a, nope. sign- a signed... <laughs> you have to watch nine seasons of Frasier by next week. You have to watch... Oh, my God. Every single... That's so funny that he's a Republican. It fits. It you really know, fits. It, it does, but in this way that, like, I'm upset that I didn't see it. Yeah, Justin but it's like the much Dennis much Miller type of Republican, where it's just like, I'm smarter than you. Yeah, exactly. Giles yeah, yeah. I know I that. I remember when I was on fucking Twitter, he was just getting roasted one day because he was just like, he was just like, he, he was basically saying, he's just like, yeah, I'm not a soy boy. And it's like, shut up, Fraser Yeah. Which is very funny. But no, um I mean, the soyest of boys, please. But no. Uh, it's no, so I'm, funny watching those like National Review guys who, used, who were just like, yeah. like, like yacht Republicans like trying to transition to like Cernovich Republicanism. Yes, yeah. yes. It's, it's like it's, you don't speak the language. You've yeah. been passed by. Yes, this is yes. Go like I mean, like literally, which is so crazy because they literally could just exist in the ecosystem they have created where they just are basically just pyramid scheming themselves and other yeah. people. Like like that is a fully encased ecosystem where you could just keep doing that forever and make like a year, which, you know, nothing to sneeze at. But, like, yeah, no, yeah, but they, no, they all are just trying to jump on the MAGA train, and it's just like, buddy, come on. You won't even fuck the flag. Get out of here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Are you going to, what, what, you're going to hug the flag? I bet not. you Remember when he hugged the flag? (laughs) I've been spending a lot of time uh, occasionally uh, on my uh, aunt's uh, Twitter page just because she's a I found out that my aunt is a huge QAnon believer okay uh, and just the amount of people I see who the amount of posts I've seen from people there like like randomly who are just like who like genuinely retweet that picture of him hugging the flag of Trump hugging the flag but to be like look how good he is <laughs> he goes, yeah is really incredible. folks I recommend if you don't know someone into true anon find so or, or true anon sorry QAnon. Uh, find someone in the Q&A uh, it's really incredible but no uh, this movie I would say it's honestly I was a little disappointed by it honestly yeah I, I think just because it was so I mean I wasn't like listen I would watch it again in a heartbeat don't get me wrong probably honestly in a back-to-back feature with the original one because the original yeah. one but like the original one I felt like I mean it didn't uh, to say it had a plot maybe is a little much, but it did. You know what I mean? In a I mean, way, right? it is. It is a tighter movie. It is. You know, there's more of an arc to it. There's more of a spine. It is more of a traditional movie. This is, but I think what I love about this movie it is is it it is just such a burst of like creative anarchy and joy.
3: Like yes. it is just again
1: like every bit we can think of we're throwing in there like. There's not much of a plot. It, like, forgets characters exist for long periods of time. Yeah. Like, there there are, like, whole subplots that don't need to be in there. Like, mm-hmm. the, like, the Midwestern couple from the first movie, like, showing back up. Like, they don't need to be in this movie. They don't do no. anything. You no. know? Um, they literally do nothing. They kind of, like, forget Phoebe Cates exists for a while, who I- who plays the, like the main characters, like actual love interest? Who I remember her name because she looks exactly like a girl I had a huge crush on in college. Um, but. Honestly, honestly, completely fits you. Yes, that yeah. is. The that yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely but. head over heels for. Versus, I was head over heels for the Grublin. <laughs> a I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say his boss, who's like. No, oh, absolutely! I was head over. Are you kidding yeah. me? Coded is coded just like a big city girl, but in a way that's like clearly she's supposed to be Jewish. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's the thing. Like any good Jewish man, uh, I'm not into Jewish women. Uh, so. Yeah. Okay. There you go. But so- but I, I like it it, it it works much less as a movie, you're right, but as just a collection of just dags. Like I just, I love it. Like it's just, again, it's just such a burst of energy. Like yes. it, it's almost hard to talk about because there, like there isn't, like there isn't a spine to it. Like there are like ten different things going on in it. There's like this whole like weird like Verhoven thing about the like high-tech office they live in. You know, yeah. just it which again feels like something out of a Verhoven movie where it's just like like corporate brutalism played up to like its absolute most absurd extreme. Like when people walk in the door, the door like like says to them, I hope you have a powerful day. Yeah, like, exactly. buddy, I already am. Yeah. yeah 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 which 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 i also respected for danda because like yeah this is the thing is that like it does you know right right because that's where i thought this was like really gonna go right because because i guess i completely misinterpreted what the movie was about um like from like my synopsis of it right uh, that i came into it with because i thought it was gonna go in this kind of like verhoeven way of like hey we're making it yeah look we're having fun here but we're making a bigger point you know what i mean and like, I mean, I think the point as much as there is one is just everything can be made fun of. Everything. Exactly. Nothing, nothing is sacred. Everything can be everything can be made ridiculous. Actually, but you know what? I I re, I I renege my disappointment with this movie. I think I was disappointed because I had such high expectations for it that like yeah. they were unreachable. Because right? like that's the thing. This movie, like this is a movie you can stop and start, and you're fine. Like this is <laughs> a fan like, like, like you know what I mean right? this is a movie that you could watch just clips of on YouTube like you shouldn't it's all great you should watch the whole thing yes. like this is a movie where I like go back and just watch like little individual gags from it and it's great
3: it's great And no, and like, that's-
1: the, the, like especially like I, I love the the brain gremlins like talk show speech about like you know What we want is civilization. And, you know, we're excited to be in New York. We haven't been in New York before. We're excited to see Broadway. I hear the tickets are very expensive, but, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll need to figure out how to get tickets. You know, there's also a lot of street crime, but I I hear you can watch that for free. (laughs) It's just, it's just so, like, the whole shtick of having, like, a brain gremlin, and then, yes, all of them singing New York, New York at the end. And I'm going to say, I was watching this on a Jewish holiday, which I probably shouldn't have been, but... Sue me. God will forgive me, right? Yeah. Watching this, right? And and it was a holiday where we fast, which just made the experience so much wilder. Yeah, I'm sure. Just very hungry and thirsty and just watching all of these gremlins sing New York, New York. And then all of them just get fucking vaporized and electrocuted. And I was just like... By an electricity gremlin that comes out of a phone. It's fine. Whatever. Just go with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just fantastic. I I gotta say. You know what? I changed my mind. Two thumbs way up. Watch the movie. It's great. I mean, honestly, honestly, you know, you know what they, you, you, you know what this just makes me sad about? Because you know they're remaking all the Looney Tunes, right? Yeah. Remaking Looney Tunes? They should have just let Joe Dante do that. They should have yeah. let Joe Dante do that. I've watched the new Looney Tunes. They're actually not
3: bad.
1: They're uh-huh. not... I mean, you're never going to live up to the old ones. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. How's, uh, what, what the hell is his name? Uh, there are a bunch of them: Tex Avery, uh, Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones that's I was yeah. yeah, yeah, but Tex Avery, Chuck Jones. I mean, I mean, like you're never going to live up to that necessarily. But I think Joe Dante could do it service, like could do it pretty well. Because, yeah, because like, he seems like he gets the spirit of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the ones, the new ones that they're making now are a little. T- I love how we're just talking about movies now. The new ones that they well, It's hard the- not to with this movie. It really is, right? Yeah. Literally, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck are in this movie. Yeah, it, it, it opens with an extended, like, you know, Looney Tunes gag, you know, with them like, you know, like, uh, you know, the opening that they always have with the Warner Brothers logo, you yes. know? I was howling with laughter at Yeah. Because I, I knew that this, I knew Joe Dante's history of Looney Tunes and, and how this was a Looney Tunes-ass movie, and I was like, hell yes.
3: Yeah. Like,
1: That's just, like, like, like the, the smile on his face, you get to put Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny and something. Yeah. Bugs Bunny, happy 80th birthday, by the way. Mm. Beautiful. I mean, honestly, I mean, like, that's the thing. They should, because the ones now are too, I think they're a little bit too kind of like uh, Ren and Stimpy. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Not what Looney Tunes is. Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes is, 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 is funny. It's not wild. You know what I mean? It is wild. Right. Like, it's, 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 it's. I think you're right. I think it's anarchic. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, it, it, but yeah. it, it finds, again, I think it, The thing that it really does is it finds the absurd in everything, you know, and I I, I get kind of why you were disappointed in in this initially just because, you know, there are people on Twitter who treat this like, you know, like Verhoeven where this is like some like serious satirical like Marxist text or something, which it is not. I mean, you can find resonances in there, but like this is not a movie that is laser focused on anything. You know, it's its satire is much more like it's it's not a laser, it's a shotgun blast. It just its pellets are going everywhere. Like everything is being is being made to fi- is being found ridiculous. Like even itself, especially itself. Exactly, yeah. Because bring up actual things about Gremlins that were yeah. like huge plot holes. I mean they get Leonard Moulton on, right? To, which, which is, uh, to imagine hearing that conversation where Joe Dante, I'm guessing it probably wasn't Joe Dante. Yeah, no, 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 it, I, my understanding is that Joe Dante called him and was like, hey, I know you hated Gremlins, do you want to just read your review of Gremlins in Gremlins 2 and then a Gremlins will attack you? And Leonard Malton was like, sure. Which rocks, which is. Yeah, honest, every part of that is great. Like, like. That is, see, that is the thing, and that is the beauty of movies, and this is why I love movies, why you love movies, and why two very different people, right, me tall and you short, can come together, right, and 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 love the same thing, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what our tastes are or anything, we just love movies, folks, yeah. we just love movies, we love watching the movies, life is so fucking boring and terrible, to so just be able to watch a movie for a little bit, and just get a little glimpse of that, Beautiful, right? One of life's little things, right? Like chocolate ice cream, right? Maybe you don't yeah. want to eat it all the time, right? But you know what? Every once in a while, it's just really good. You know what I mean? It's good. And 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 just to just to see where we are now, movie wise. Like 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 I don't know what the fuck Tenet's about, but I bet it sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> so whatever, fuck that. Well, yeah, you couldn't that. you couldn't. This is I mean this is legitimately a movie you couldn't get made today yeah, yeah no, no one would be interested in putting any money towards this oh yeah no i mean people say that about all the mel brooks movies and like that's true because of the slurs but you know but also just because i think that there's but 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 like you could have made gremlins 2 today because it's just too pure in it's in it's anarchy you know what i mean yeah it's total, like it's total like i mean like people would be like i don't get it you know what i mean like people yeah. would I feel like people would hate that, hate this movie today and that's why I hate this era because this is an era that is not built for sophisticants like us. You know right. what I mean? This is an era built for hogs and pigs. This is an era built for slime, for dirt and one day a heavy rain is going to come and wash the, the filth off these streets. Okay. the okay. line. You got you're you're pretty close to some Travis Bickle stuff, which is concerning. What's it called? Yeah. Call me the rain man because I'm joining the weather under <laughs> That's that's what that movie is about. You got it. You got it, buddy. All right. So we get I, I assume we're both giving Gremlins two a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch I would honestly say if you haven't seen either one, I would say watch Gremlins One first. And Oh, then, yeah. like, like you yeah, got Gremlins One is more of a movie yeah oh my god sorry the scene where they reenact her the 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 like why i don't like christmas scene yes yes and, and they're he, just like yada 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 shut up they're just like oh shut up that was yes, so, yes. Oh. her emotional monologue for the from the first movie they're just like shut up oh my god get back oh. to the gremlins yeah oh my like it's so good oh my yeah. god yeah, no, watch, honestly, if you can, I would watch both as a double feature. Just, yeah, you're oh, probably, boy. I mean, they're both like 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's the move. Yeah, uh, man, people in your bed, in your house, really want to go to sleep. Apparently, yeah. All right, all right, so that's us for Gremlins 2, I think, I think we're done with that. Yeah, I think Except we're good. How much longer we spent on Gentleman's Agreement. was a lot to unpack there. There is, there is. So what do we, so what's it called? I guess, uh, or, or, what, I just want to just point out where we came down on these two movies. Gentleman's Agreement, won multiple Oscars. Uh, where, do, where, do, where does You're Gonna Hate It come down on? Uh, eh, eh. If you already pay for, and you feel, and you have two hours, yeah, watch it, why not? There are probably uh, better things to watch on whatever streaming service you're using, though. Exactly. Gremlins yeah. 2. Uh, don't Absolutely. Don't just watch the first one, too yeah watch both of them. don't walk, run to your nearest uh streaming account yeah oh man
3: so what have you been watching
1: uh so the only thing i mean, cr- i are, i already talked about crossfire um the only other thing I watched this week was uh oh you're gonna love this. I watched a French short film um called la jete um which is uh it's 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 it's, it's <laughs> i you can't hear the face that Ma- Max is... Or, I just called you Max. I, I wasn't going to say
3: it, but yeah. Deeply yeah. offended.
1: We're going to yeah, have to... But,
3: the face that...
1: Uh, we're, I'm going to have to edit this now, but the face that Max oh! is making. God. I'm just going to say right now, My name is Max. You're demonic. That's a demonic name. Every <laughs> Max I've ever known. Every Max I've ever known. I should not How are you going to be in a... How are you going to be an adult named Max? <laughs> Just imagining being yeah. a, a grown-ass man and your name is Max. My boss's name is Max. I, no, I know. I, knew, I grew up knowing several Maxes. All of them Jewish, which is weird. I think, but anyway, yeah, no, and and yeah, one of them. He, he wore sand. He was a nice guy, but he wore sandals every single day, and it always smelled like feet around him. Is, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So Laghtte it is a French science fiction short film about time travel about a uh, after a nuclear war a guy being sent back in time to try and like uh, you know essentially like save the ruined post apocalyptic future it was a huge influence on both the terminator and 12 monkeys if you've ever seen oh my that God, 12 yeah. monkeys yes yeah it, 12 monkeys is essentially a remake of laghtte um uh-huh. So, you know, you can you can sneer as much as you want when I said French short film, but it's actually a really good movie. It's, like, you know, 30 minutes. Um, it's it told entirely through, like, a series of, like, still images. Uh, you know, like, a series of photographs, essentially, which actually is really evocative. Um, it, it might be tough as a feature, but I don't know. It did not get old at all, like, watching it that way, because, you know, it with, like, a lot of narration. The narration is... In, there's a, a version available in English and like, not, not like a dub, like some crappy thing. Like the filmmaker was like, I want people to watch this in their native language. So we're going to record an English version as well. I, re- I respect that. I think that that's the way you do it is that. I mean, like- it, it it's tough with dialogue um, because redubbing dialogue can get real weird. But if it's just narration over still images, like it, it works really well that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Super, super influential, really well-told, tight sci-fi. Um, uh, yeah, I recommend it highly. L- La Jeté, check it out, Bat and Crossfire. That's on the Criterion channel. All right, fantastic. Not going to watch What it. have you been watching? I know. Uh, what's it called? Uh No, I just, you know, uh, uh, just a few films here and there. I watched The Seventh Seal. Uh, you know, I watched uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, yeah. What's it yeah, did you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I watched uh, what's it called? Um, I watched uh, um, uh, the artist. As you a can't. Guy. You uh, can't. You can't think of a third pretentious movie. I Watched Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. I watched um, uh, three billboards outside of. Oh, Never saw it. Ebbing's Missouri. I was, was going to say that. Uh, you can't prove I wasn't. Um, I watched... Um, okay, I get, I get the bit. I get the I bit. I watched the uh, films uh, from that guy that tried to kill Bjork, uh, which I... Have you actually seen those? No. Oh, no, I've seen that. Yeah, he ends up killing himself at the end. I've seen them many times. Okay. Rough, yeah, just I'm the sure. last one. That's all you got to watch. Anyway, okay. What's a called? Um... Uh, yeah, no. Uh, what's it called? Uh, watch Faces of Death. Okay, uh, I get, I get the bit, man. What have you actually watched? Did that? I told you. Watch the Seventh Seal. Okay. What? Congratulations. Romeo and Juliet, the one where they rap. <laughs> have you seen that one? Like clips, okay. not the whole thing. All right. Yeah. I, I, no, honestly, I've been watching. I've been watching Looney Tunes again. Yeah. I don't That's all I watch. You ask me every week, and every week you make me go back and say I've been watching Looney Tunes. Yeah, okay, that's that's cool. What am I watching? So I wanted to try something different. I wanted to try something experimental. I wanted to assign us a movie I don't think you've seen either, and we can cut this if you actually have seen it. Because if you actually have seen it, then that's no fun because I haven't seen it, right? You know what I mean? But it's a movie neither. I believe neither one of us have seen. And it is a movie that I have always wanted to see. And I am so curious to talk about it. Uh, have you seen Showgirls? I have not. Neither have I. And it is on HBO Max. Okay. So let's watch Showgirls. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. This is something we've never done before, where, where neither one of us has seen the movie. But I have been so fucking curious to watch this movie. It's, it's a movie I've always wanted to watch and I've just never watched it. So I'm very Okay. Sure. Okay. So I was actually, you know, while we're doing this like month of inversion, one of the movies that I was thinking about giving you was another Verhoeven movie, um, which I think you've seen, but uh, I don't care. Um, Starship Troopers. Fuck yes. Hell yes. But, like, see, I was actually like, I had initially been like, uh, that's actually too good of a movie to throw in with this. Like there's too much there. I think that's legitimately like a high art classic. Like, but, now, if you're going to give me some Verhoeven, I'm going to give you some Verhoeven right back. So let's do a Verhoeven double feature, Showgirls oh and Starship Troopers. Yes. Because I think that's on Netflix. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. I've, 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 been, I've been eyeing it. I've been thinking about a rewatch. Yes. And I actually haven't seen Starship Troopers, I think, since I was like a kid. So, okay. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. So like, I mean, well, except for that shower scene. I've seen the shower scene. <laughs> <laughs> Not even kidding. Looked at okay it's an insane scene but that's for it, next Yeah, time. i'm so excited so much in that movie is insane yes but, yeah. but oh my god we're gonna watch showgirls yeah i'm excited me too that, that is a movie that like there's really divided opinion on that like there are, i i know people who legitimately are like no that's as much of a classic as any of his other movies and other people are like no he totally lost the thread there that is a whack movie yeah yeah, yeah, that's that. That's why I'm so excited for it. And I got an NC seventeen, which is like you almost have to be trying to do. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like it's so easy to just not get an NC seventeen, <laughs> right? And just, buddy, I'm so excited for this. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, join us next time for a powerful Verhoeven double feature: Showgirls and Starship Troopers. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.
2: I think what everyone wants, and what you and your viewers have civilization. Yes, but uh, what sort of civilization are you speaking of? Bridget, the niceties, the fine points diplomacy, competition men menace tradition. That's what we're reaching toward. Oh, we may stumble along the way, but civilization, yes. The Geneva Convention, Chamber Music, Susan Sontag. Everything your society has worked so hard to accomplish over the centuries, that's what we aspire to. We want to be civilized. I mean, you take a look at this sale here. <laughs> now was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fine, but in no sense civilized. Now bear in mind, none of us has been in New York before. There are the Broadway shows, we'll have to find out how to get tickets. There's also a lot of street crime, but I believe we can watch that for free. We want the essentials, dinettes, complete bedroom groups, convenient credit even if we've been turned down in the past. Never too early for it, Dr. Pepper.